Hi, thank you for tuning in to my podcast. My name is Aaron. For those of you who don't know, um, for those of you who do, thank you for checking out my introductory video. For those of you who haven't, definitely would um, want you to check out the introductory video. But let's get started. This podcast is going to be about a uh, TV show recommendation of a fantastic TV show. Um, and the TV show called uh, is called Dave. Now Dave comes on on FX on Thursday. Excuse me, Wednesdays, and I made that mistake, but I'm going to go back uh, at the end of it so you guys can understand why and talk about that, why that mistake is easily made. But um, it comes on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. It's an amazing watch. If you have Hulu, you can do it. If you have a service that allows you to have like an on-demand function, that will also allow you to. Now, of course, Hulu, if you have the no ads, it's not going to play any ads. The on-demand function, sometimes you will have ads, sometimes you won't. But still, the ads are going to be worth it watching the show. Trust me. Trust me. All right, so let's get started. Um... So just a little background information before I start, just to kind of bring everyone up to speed in case you guys don't know. Um, so the main character is little, uh, is his name is Dave Bird, aka Lil Dicky. Now, for those of you who don't know, Lil Dicky is actually an American uh, rapper. He is more of a satirical rapper, falling in the same categories as Weird Al, The Lonely Island. Um, etc. And that does come up later in the review. So, um, with that being said, just because he's a satirical rapper, he is very talented and his catalog is, now I'm not just saying this just because I think the show is great. No, Little Dicky has a very solid catalog and for how he writes his lyrics, he is very talented. He's very talented sonically. He's very talented musically. All of that. Uh, well, not musically, but, you know, lyrically. He's very, 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 very talented. Very talented. Um, when, they, when they were first marketing it, I really wasn't drawn in because they were really leaning on the, um, not the prestige, but kind of like the relevance and like the uh, reputation of Lil Dicky being in the rap game so far. So I did give in. I was like, mm, okay. I'm going to just give in. Lil Dicky also, um, he does have full-length albums. Uh, he has, well, al he has um, an album. So, he has an album that came out in 2015, which is the Professional Rapper album. Um, he has a mixtape and an EP, but I'm going to let you guys do that research on your own. The reason why I want to stay on the Professional Rapper album is because this is the album that really put Little Dicky on the mark and pushed him into mainstream from whatever the fuck that little purgatory between mainstream and indie rap or whatever was doing. So... He, uh, in the Professional Rapper album, he has songs like Say That Money featuring Fetty Wap during the time that Fetty Wap was absolutely popping. He has um, Professional Rapper, the song that's titled on the album, with Snoop Dogg, Snoop D-O-double-G. He has a song with him. He has um, Pillow Talking uh, with, it's, it's not a singer, but it's, it's starring, um, uh, it's, I'm going to get to that, but just remember Pillow Talking. And, um, Say That Money, Pillow Talking, um, Professional Rapper, uh, Let Me Freak is on there as well, and Pregame. Um, so, those are all the songs that I was introduced to Lil Dicky. The first song was, uh, Say That Money, um, and you would notice that his audience 
you will you will, i'm gonna go back to this audience at the end of it anyways that's just a little background information about little dicky if you want to look more into him you can do your research i just don't want to overload you guys so now let's go on with the review so the beginning of the premiere uh, the first scene of episode one, episode one is called the Gander. For those of you guys who don't know what the Gander is, Gander, besides it being the first definition, I don't match it being a male goose or what the fuck ever. A Gander is a look like, um, or a glance at something, you know. So, with that being said, I think we're now ready to go into our review of, um, Dave. And I'm so, so excited. I'm so excited. So, the first scene of it starts off with Dave at the doctor's office. And the purpose of this whole scene, honestly, is to introduce the main character, how neurotic he is, and kind of like a play on, you know, the word Little Dicky. And also, it does tackle one of his most, like, you know, most, like, obvious, not obvious, but his weaknesses is vulnerability. So, keep that in mind as well. The doctor is like, if you don't go take, like, uh, some, I don't know, ibuprofen and go sit down, these are just razor bumps. He's like, well, X, Y, and Z. I don't even want to get into that whole conversation with Dicky and the doctor because it was funny, but it was just all the way kind of ridiculous. Um, but then, you know, he his neurotic side kicks in. It's like, oh, well, can you check my back? Um, now I will say before the doctor checks him, that's when he, uh, before he unzips his pants, he starts talking about like, oh, well, you know, there's a deformity with my penis and X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Anyways, uh, now that that was over, he goes into the studio with his friend, his friend Els. His friend Els is played by none other than the absolute amazing Taco, Taco from the Loiter Squad with Tyler, the creator. Now, for those of you who wonder why I got so hyped, I love Taco. I love Taco. I really, really do love Taco. I've always loved him since the Loiter Squad. He's an amazing, amazing just person. He's funny without even trying. All of that. And he's just chill. He's like, I'm in my bag. I'm here, whatever. So definitely, definitely a great addition to the cast, in my opinion. But, you know... Basically, Els is doing production from who else? No other than the actual artist YG. Yes, YG makes an appearance and is kind and not is kind of and is one uh the center plot for um or the main plot plot A for um Little Dicky. There's a, because his objective is he wants to get a verse with uh YG on his song the Girth. Yes, his song Girth. So. Before we know what the song name is actually called, because that comes a little bit later, uh, and I just hate going over that whole scene where that comes up, because to be really, really honest, you're going to understand why. But anyways, yeah. So, like, he is, um, yeah, so, like, he's going around and, you know, XYZ, and Els is talking to him, and Els is like, listen, like, you can't, there has to be some type of professionalism because you can't come in here with tuna fish sandwiches when I'm working with like, you know, these type of like, you know, guys, which basically I'm just going to 
try to say for else. He's talking about professionalism. There is some type, a certain type of professionalism because you have to understand, or Lil Dicky ha or Dave has to understand that this is L's job. This is L's dream. L's have other clients. And yes, when it's clients as big as YG, you are going to want everything in pristine condition. So he explains it to uh, Dave. He chopped, L's and Dave chop it up and Dave is sent on his way. Dave goes downstairs in the lobby where he sits across from a black man um and he pl pulls out his laptop and plays the video of his song um it's called my dick sucks and when that happens gata lit so gave the name of rape but anyways it doesn't even matter the black man across from him we learn is known as gata and gata looks up and he's like oh shit like you must be that nigga that rap about his small dick and that makes little dicky so happy it makes him so happy and it makes him happy because he doesn't really get recognized and we see that through the show and it boosts it boosts his confidence and keep in mind the relationship between Gata and Little Dicky they introduce themselves but the the relationship between Gata and Little Dicky Gata is literally the catalyst for Little Dicky's confidence and this is the first time that we see that immediately like starting off their relationship so anyways like you know he's like oh yeah man xyz like this shit go hard and you know little dicky has just been like yeah you know uh i just you know i'm not getting anywhere because xyz uh you know and gata explains to him in his own way but still a very intelligent point that there has to be something besides just your talent in this industry to draw people in. There has to be a gander. It has to be something that allows people to glance at you and look at you and then they'll look at your work. Because no one, let's really, really be honest and let's kind of stay in the realm of transparency here. There are a lot of talented people out here. However, they're not glant, they're not gander worthy. And because they're not gander worthy, nobody is really going to check out their music. Is it sad? Yes. However, that is part of the whole package you know what i'm saying if you want to make it that is part of the whole package anyways after they have that conversation um one of yg homeboys comes down so like yg is hungry little dicky talks and he's like well i'm not no motherfucking uber driver or whatever and you know gator cuts his ass off and be like you know what bro we'll be right back we're gonna get you something back he goes upstairs and then they walk out and i'm gonna let you in on something before i even go any further this is a trait of dave that really really irritates me throughout the whole um for, throughout some of these episodes it's not as bad as some of the episodes as it is in other episodes but when he goes into like these i don't want to say that's neurotic because bitch i'm not your maid either go get your own food that honestly probably would have been my exact same reaction however because he is trying to get to a goal he needs to kind of think sometimes he can be very one-sided, but he needs to think about the other possibilities of being able to contact and get to where he needs to, where Gata understand Gata understands that who, you know, is just as important as what you do. Gata understands that who, you know, is just as important as what you do. So they went to get the food, but while they were walking back, Gata was giving him some more advice about, you know, him and boosting his confidence and honestly giving him an example of, 
like how his gander worked for him. So he explains this one specific story about like Lil Wayne and how he got songs with Lil Wayne just based off of the gander and how Lil Wayne gandered at him. However, he then goes on to be like due to some uh, legal issues, he they're on his laptop, but he can't like release it. X Y Z X Y Z, um, and you know then. They just go on, they go on to, <clears throat> excuse me, they go back to the studio to where um, the YG is to drop off the food. Now, before they knock on the door, uh, you see Gator, he's getting hype, you know, and to the naked eye, because even I thought this too, and I will say they did a very good job with Gator's uh, character development. I will say this too, but to the naked eye, it doesn't seem like a lot. It just seems like he's hype. But please pay attention throughout this whole review and multiple episodes with Gator's gesticulation or how Gator acted when I bring it up. Please pay attention because that does really hit his character development. So anyways, getting back on track, Dave knocks on the door of the studio and (laughs) let me tell y'all something, okay? Ain't nothing like, (sighs) listen... He opened that, he knocked on that door, thought he was going to talk, his, him and Gator was going to talk, they were in the studio. Listen, they did one of them, okay, thank you for your services, you can now leave type of things, your services no longer leave, and slammed the door in their face. And, you know, yes, for the audience, <laughs> it was funny, but, you know, for the audience, it was funny, and it was comedic, and, it, you know, it was meant to be kind of comedic, but, like, looking at it from the realm of Dave and Gator's perspective, you know, that's just reinforcing that, like, okay, Dave, you do need to do something to get them to, like, gander at you, because how that door is closing, there's going to be closing doors, regardless of how talented you are, if you always come off in situations where it needs to be you being very charismatic and confident in your abilities because the talent is there. So after that happens, um, let me see. I just want to make sure because it's about to get real stressful for me during a certain scene. One moment. Just want to make sure like, you know, I'm, you know. So after the rejection, um, Little Dicky is given YG's manager Nutty's number. And now please remember this name as well, Nutty. He's given his number by Gata. Gata gives us a number. Gata also gives Lil Dicky his number and then wants to take a picture of Lil Dicky. Now, Lil Dicky go, not with Lil Dicky, but of Lil Dicky and put on his Instagram or whatever. Uh, but little, you know, little Dicky starts talking and like, hey, yo, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And then he's like, nigga, this just a picture. Um, <laughs> Gator does. Uh, so after that whole picture incident happened and this is going to be, and I'm so sorry to people who watch the show and this may, you know, be something that is very, um, how can I say, how can I say very personal opinion like, but Yes. So yeah, this is the scene. So after this, the scene, the next scene to me was only used for the purpose of introducing, which this is a pretty, you know, a very big thing because it is the uh, pilot episode, but it's only for the purpose of introducing his girlfriend. Um, when I first met this character, I didn't know exactly who he was. I was like, is this his best friend? This is, you know, I don't know who this was, but his roommate, um, after I watched a few episodes for it, his roommate, Mike, is also introduced. Now, listen, this is the thing that really irritates me about this scene specifically and starts my very, very critical analysis of one of the characters. 
I'm going to be very honest with you. I am not a fan of Allie. I am not a fan. And remember that pillow talking video I was telling you about? Well, the girlfriend that was played by, uh, that the woman that played Blood Dickie's, I guess, hookup in pillow talking, I guess, or whatever, who plays his hookup, now plays his girlfriend in the actual series. And, huh, let me tell you how fucking and stressful it is to watch her scenes. Like, it's that bad in to me. To me, it is that bad. And like I said, once again, I apologize if this is your favorite character, but that is terrible. Like, I would rather watch Rain, like, go up on a sidewalk or being absorbed in, like, grass. I would rather watch to, how long it takes for the rain to just flood and overflood and oversaturate the soil. That is how bad she is as a character to me. Anyways, going back into review mode. So the next scene, like, is introducing his girlfriend and whatever the fuck this nigga name, or not name, or he is, is supposed to be to Lil Dicky. Um, and when we get introduced to his girlfriend, through the conversation, we learn that his girlfriend is a teacher. And then it's inferred that she's a teacher of, like, very, very little kids. Like, very little kids. Um, and then... With the, uh, her personality, how would I describe her personality? I think she's written very well to be, and, and this is the thing that really, I don't know if she's written very well to be, like, the perfect match for little Dicky and no one else, which that's a whole nother thing I'm gonna get into, or it's just she's fucking terrible at acting, but it's one of the two. It's one of the two. It's either the character is very lacking just in general, or she's a bad actor. It's one of the two. I'm so sorry. It is one of the two. Um, but anyways. Yeah. So you know. Then this scene is also used for. Like kind of very quickly and slightly. But this scene is used for that like. Born ass millennial old debate of. Okay. Um, practical careers versus dream careers or, or or you know what i'm saying and the dream career comes from of course little dicky's side of course and then the practical career comes from mike his um roommate that i guess we i had to find that out honestly through actually like looking it up because it's not explicitly stated and yes like some things don't have to be like explicitly stated but like in the first episode, I mean, it would have been like, I guess, a little bit better to explain the actual relationship or, you know, even say like his name in that scene. But I digress. So like, yeah, so he and Mike makes very good points. And this is what solidifies his character. So Mike makes good point where it's like, OK, listen, so you you're not making money. Like, you're not making money off of it. You don't have a job off of it. Like, and honestly, a lot of the times, these aspirations fail. Because let's be very transparent once again. Everyone, no matter, everyone regardless of talent, cannot be 
a superstar cannot be an artist because it becomes oversaturated from a, a, a economic standpoint. But then from like a social standpoint, if everyone is an artist, then what's the point of us having, you know, these like, you know, celebrities and stuff like that. Everyone can be an artist in their own right. Yes, but everyone cannot, is not, they're not destined to be that rather it's they just don't have the connections they were just born in a place where it won't be possible they don't have talent whatever mike brings up very good points and then little dickie's argument kind of kind of lacks a little bit and it does you know it does play off of you know the the emotional i get to do what i want to do freedom xyz or you know it's inferred like that and Pay attention to this argument, too, and kind of see between the two characters whose side it was on as well. Because that comes up, like, repeatedly throughout the show, too. So then, after that, Dave and his, Dave and his girlfriend, Allie, goes outside. And she's taking out the trash. And then Lil Dicky receives, like, a message from Nutty. YG's manager saying, yeah, YG will hop on with a verse if you pay him 10K. 10K. And, um, you know, his girlfriend is like, oh, my God, that's so exciting. Can I hear you rap? And then Lil Dicky's like, mm, I'd rather wait till it's finished because he, Lil Dicky is not a confident character. He's not, which is why Gata is really important to his overall growth as a character. But he's not a confident character, so he trusts. He's like, mm, I'm not really feeling it right now. And then Ali's like, I'm, do you realize, like, I am a rapper's girlfriend? And also, keep those, keep these small things in mind, too. He's like, can't, like I'm a rapper's girlfriend and have never heard my rapper boyfriend rap. And Lil Dicky is like, you know, it seems like he's going to start something with, like, Ali's whitest, like, kindergarten kids, bop ass offbeat rhythm um of her like thigh pats or whatever it's so offbeat huh and it's it's just very stressful watching any scene that she's kind of in when it's her and little dicky um it becomes a lot more bearable and even kind of enjoyable in certain senses to see scenes between her and other people and that's a different story that i'm gonna go into later as well but anyways, the next scene is, oh, well, yep, that's only used for the purpose. But the next scene, you know, is he is, uh, he, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, this is actually where it's revealed the name of his song. The name of his song is Girth. Yes, Girth. Girth. Girth is the name of his song, and I'm not even going to stay on that. Anyways, the next scene opens up the day that Dave's parents are going to the car. And let me tell y'all something. I absolutely adore these old-ass people because, let me tell you something, Dave's parents is relatable to anyone who either has older parents or very involved grandparents. And, like, you're, I love them. You're going to love them. You are absolutely going to love his parents. So, you know, it opens up. His parents are, like, going from a mall to a car. They're on the phone with Dave, and Dave is at a bank. Dave tells them that he's going to, like, access his bar mitzvah money and take out 10K to where his parents, and rightfully so, kind of flip out. And, you know, they start to kind of question, like, his life choices and you know he's like well why are you sending like 
it seems like your his dad specifically was like it seems like you're putting all this money into your craft uh, and your actual career as being a rapper and you're not getting money out of it and that is a very very good point to make that's an extremely good point to make because money does rule everything you can't do anything without money that's a very good point to make but then dave also countered back and was like okay but nobody is talking about the 15 million views i got in three months and that is not the 15 million views in three months is not what i have to suspend disbelief throughout the series it's because of that what should come is what i have to suspend disbelief because the con like the concept of that doesn't make sense to what little dicky kind of goes through as, as much as he does but anyways um moving forward you know then the parents are like it's a very funny scene where they're like what like little dicky explains like i just stole the beat this like someone stole your beat and it's, it's just funny all the way around so anyways after that you know um she oh excuse me not she after that um he uh is ooh. Excuse me. Uh, after uh, after that, um, he is. Oh, there it is. So after that, he hangs with his friends, um, Els and Mike. Uh, he hangs with his friend Els and Mike, and you know, they're talking and they're chopping it up and stuff like that, and he talks to them about sending the money um to them because at this point like he sent he sent the money to them uh and or nutty he sent the money to nutty yg's manager and like there's really no response it is kind it does make it seem like uh nutty ghosted him and like any normal person you know you would worry because ten thousand is a lot of money. $10,000 is a lot of money to be given to somebody. But then again, this is bad preparation on Dave's part. And I'm going to go back to that as well. Like the pilot has so many, the pilot, I think I'm going to keep my comments on the pilot later to after the video. I'm just going to keep going. So he talks about them and then he talks about that, his worry and stuff like that. And talk about how they didn't contact him back. Then, um, Ooh, Excuse me. Then it goes on to, you know, they're at the golf course. And we definitely, we definitely, definitely can kind of see, like, the friends who don't like each other. So, like, Els and Mike don't necessarily, I'm not going to say they're vicious to each other every time they see each other. But they don't really care for each other. Or Els doesn't really like Mike um, that much. <sighs> so... As he's talk as he's talking to his friends, you know, um Els is saying like, you know, you need to start you need to know your audience and like really stop once again that audience thing. You need to know your audience and stop rapping around about such weird things and here comes like the irony in there. Like you need to stop rapping like about such weird things about like how small your you know member is and XYZ and rap about normal things such as quote unquote getting head in the club 
or quote unquote having orgies with your friends. Um, and that does happen a lot. And like a lot of the things that we think like Lil Dicky is rapping about weird. If you actually pay attention to some of these or some of your favorite artists' rap songs, mm, some of that content, not suspect is in sexuality when it's like that, but some of their content be real weird in terms of, uh, of concept. And, you know, Dave, you know, he, the next scene, you know, it continues. Lil Dicky tweets out, like, a tweet saying, like, I just got head. And this is where Allie comes in. Now, this is where I, what I want to point out. I personally feel like Allie and Lil Dicky, while they are decent for each other in the show, their relationship has been in consistent decline Ever since starting to see like them just together. So going back, Allie confronts Lil Dicky about it and was like, Why am I looking at this on Twitter? And Lil Dicky is like, you know, that's just a whole mochisimo thing. Which I find that weird telling the whole world that. And Allie, with very valid points, is like, no, you need to delete this. Do you know that my principal knows like you know, my, the, my boss, the boss, my boss can see that people know exactly who you are in relationship to me. We are connected. And my mom just called me about why your boyfriend is posting this on social media. So if my mom sees it, a lot of people can see it. But instead of Dave taking accountability for that, Dave goes to say like, there's a difference between little Dicky and Dave and little Dicky is the persona that writes all this and Dave is like the meek, whatever. So yes, once again, instead of taking accountability for this, he just kind of brushes it off. And it's like, well, this is this is this is gonna have to be what it is. Um and like huh, it's it's just it's that was just crazy, and that scene was like really exhausting it was really exhausting to see because so many times there is one partner in a relationship that they do something that may help their brand but it hurts the partner's brand or can potentially hurt the partner's brand but i digress from that anyways like i said it, the, the conversation um didn't like it, it just didn't go anywhere so then later that night when they're in the bed instead and when they're in the bed and Allie is clearly still upset at little Dicky and rightfully so because he still didn't give an apology. Instead of little Dicky outright just coming and saying like shit better late than never. I'm sorry XYZ I should have understood. No. He does this male manipulation thing and actually no I'm not even going to say male manipulation but he does this manipulative thing where it's like and people don't. People don't pay attention and try to make it excuses, but this is manipulation. He does this manipulative thing where he brings up the fact that he got played out of 10K. And he was like, I didn't tell you about that. Which also means he's hiding stuff from her because she got he got the message when they were outside taking the trash out, you know, taking the trash and putting it in the trash can. Um, but you know, it's his money, so uh, I digress, but you know he didn't tell her at all. But then he tell he tells her and was like, you know, this 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 has been going on. I'm sorry, I've just been like so stressed. 
X, Y, Z, and then, and then, and then that's when he apologizes, and I don't know, but to me that apologize, that apology came right after the manipulation to make her feel bad, accept it, and then she ends up coddling him, like legit coddles him after, you know, that big thing, and you know, I, I was like, okay, though I was upset initially, I let it go because, you know, people do go through things, people get stressed. But that was just, there. And that's part of why their scenes are very stressful to watch because it's almost like you're watching an airplane or, or it's almost like you're watching a ship slowly, not sink, but disintegrate into lava. You're literally watching a ship disintegrate into lava um, when they're together. So, after that, you know, uh, uh <clears throat> ooh, excuse me, after that, the next day, it seems, uh, it skips to Dave having a conversation with his roommate and his girlfriend at the table talking about what happened, and you know what, Mike definitely was like, you really are a dumbass idiot, if you really, like, you didn't, you just got the information from a guy that you just met, Gata, and then... You sent money to a person that you don't know, nutty, and now you're looking stuck. Like, you're really looking stuck, and you're looking stupid, and you're fucking dumb. I think Mike says something, and it, it kind of comes off very, like, catty, like, Aaron type of comedy. I think it was like, you're, like, I know your brain is, like, fucking mashed potatoes or, oh, I'm sorry, I know your brain is pulled pork. Um, which that was funny. I give I would give Mike that. That was a pretty funny comeback. <laughs> and then you know, blah blah blah. Allie be trying. Allie arguing. Talk about, I don't give a fuck. You can take me. Like girl, if you don't sit down and fucking open your lesson plan and get ready, what are you doing? Like get ready for your class tomorrow. Um, but yeah. So, huh. Who ends up going with him because he does ask Allie and Mike to go with him. They both declined and was like, you know, you need to go because. <sighs> huh. And he was like, what do I look like having my girlfriend go with me? And then Mike is like, if I go with you, I'm going to look like the muscle. And Allie was like, you think you're the muscle? Wish that was a good snapback with Allie. I give her that. That was some. That was a good clapback. But anyways, he then it skips to the next scene and we see who he brings with him he brings else with him to which else because honestly it does kind of come off that in the first episode that little dicky yes he's friends with else and stuff but it kind of does kind of come off that he's accessorizing with else and then for what he said with gata and stuff like that too as well but anyways, I digress on that point as well. So that's when Els is, you know, he's like, thanks, man, for coming with me. And I don't think Little Dicky still says his name. But he said, thanks, man, for coming with me. And Els was like, no problem. I know you need, like, you know, someone like me to where Little Dicky is like, well, what's that mean and stuff like that. And if you know, you know what that means. I'm not even going to go into that. So they pull up to Gata's house because they want to confront Gata about the 10... Uh, K thing and in the house it's Gata's mom and stuff and Gata and Elle's interaction off rip was hilarious and I just I know I just knew that Gata is gonna have very great charisma with all of the characters on the show 
just based off of how with Dave and how with um and with uh else I just said else and with else I'm sorry um it's just so much the pilot is so chocked full of stuff and I'm almost done with the pilot trust me the episodes are not the other episodes are not going to be this long so you know they go in and you know they are you know he introduces um his mom it was like mom he's the next best thing Lil Dicky the rapper the mom looks at Els and was like oh nice to meet you Lil Dicky Lil Dicky was like bitch what like I'm not the rapper that's the rapper and let me tell you you gotta have a black mom to understand that look of disbelief was on point <laughs> it was so funny so yeah it was like a look of disbelief <laughs> like excuse me and then he's like yeah xyz little dicky and his mom understands it and that's what i love about it because you also see through the bloodline his mom is like oh so you're a satirical rapper and little dicky was like thank you someone gets it someone understands it and else was just like Okay, Els just chilling taco. Els was taco. Els is definitely taco for sure. So he's just chilling, but then you know, little Dicky, he does tell you know them like I just came here because I want to like. It's like I want to like get to the bottom of this because I just paid you ten k like. 10k from my bank account because I needed to get a verse with YG on it to when you know he's like excuse me like oh da 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 you're profiling me you're profiling me what do you mean he just and, and you can see also just 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 also when you see this scene you'll see how his mom is reacting while he's like after he's been accused and she's kind of shook and you know. I really didn't, because I looked at the, like, why is she, like, why does it seem like she's scared of, like, you know, this? I just, emotionally, that's what she put off. So, and remember that as well. So, you know, Gator's like, you know, chill, relax, chill, relax. Here, he just gets his number changed a lot, da-da-da. And I was like, okay, Gator, like, you're one of my favorite characters, but let's not act like Dave did not actually have a very, 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 very valid, like, point of trying to check you to where this $10,000 went. Because people do scam in the industry, and I think this was perfect. Like, people absolutely do scam in the industry. So, Nutty, um, Nutty gets his phone number changed. Also, keep that in mind, too. He gets his phone number changed, and then, you know, um... He gives him the new number, and Dave, you know, gets a text saying, okay, come if you come to the studio, like, right now, like, he will do it. Like, he will do the verse right now. So, Dave and Els are like, okay, we're about to, like, like Detroit bounce, like, the fuck up out of here. Or, um, not Detroit bounce, but bounce, like, Big Freedom bounce the fuck out of here and get to that, uh studio because this can be very big for day or this will be very big for day um so they get to this well not get to before they get to the studio or even get in the car get us like um no y'all about to take me with y'all so they then get to the studio and this is like the last scene uh like two uh, two scenes in um you know 
the pilot episode. Sorry, guys. I am trying to make it more, uh, as interesting as possible. But, yeah, so, you know, he didn't, Gator then comes and meet Dave outside. Oh, excuse me. That's all the way back then. So, they, Dave and Els, they get to the studio. So, Dave and Els are allowed in, but Nutty gets Gator thrown out. And that is very pivotal, pivotal to Gator's character like character development and it's pivotal in a way that you would not have guessed or like at all so gator gets kicked out and then you know they're in there they talking you know why are you just like you a rapper xyz like you're a rapper you can't be spit something for me you know homie you know it's that whole oh my god he's a white i'm white in like a very very black space and he see guns and all that other shit so you know before he starts rapping, he tells them about, like, because YG's like, you fuck bitches. And Dave is like, no, I just have... Because Dave also tends to over-explain, too. Part of his, um, you know, neurotic nature. But then he goes on to be like, you know, Allie, she recently changed birth birth control. And, you know, that can make her, you know... It was, lately, her vagina has been very dry. Like, literally, is telling YG... Um, a celebrity that he don't know in front of all his friends that Allie has a dry pussy. Now, I don't know if it's drier than her actual character on the show, but for him to say this, it gotta be as dry or maybe just slightly more moist than her actual character because Allie's kind of, not kind of, is awful in my eyes. Uh, as as a character by herself. She's a good, you know, supportive girlfriend, but she's very bad as a character. So... He starts rapping and everybody's going up for Lil Dicky. And honestly, this is probably one of the more serious raps or raps that he took more lyrically serious than any of his other raps. Like, yes, there was still that Lil Dicky, like, I'm just going to be a satirical, funny guy. However, there was also a lot of, a lot of bars, direct bars and stuff. Um, so, yeah, that works out. YG then posts the video. No, YG, before he posts the video, says, you know, basically, you know, Allie, you need to stop fucking him with your dry pussy. And, you know, Dave is like, I think Dave recognizes, like, oh, shit, this has happened before. And he's like, no, 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 no don't post it. And he posts it. He posts it. So then when he steps outside, Dave gets all these text messages from people he know. And it's like, oh my God, like, you know, I saw you on YG's, like, you know, Insta story. And then Ali takes him this, like, dope rap or something like nice raps, like, comma, dry vagina. And we can kind of understand that that's upsetting Ali because the dicky is hurting her brand. She still has to work. It's hurting her brand. So... Um, then, you know, Gator, the last scene of it is, you know, Gator comes, Gator comes outside and not Gator comes outside, Gator meets Dave outside and he's like, you know, I've been waiting like outside for you and X, Y, Z and like all that stuff and Lil Dicky, um, it's like, oh, for sure. So then Lil Dicky and Gator are in the car because Lil Dicky can't drive, Lil Dicky is high as fuck. Because he was smoking weed with uh, them. Can't drive, so he let Gator drive. It's like, oh yeah, for sure, I can drive. So, Lil Dicky was then like, hey Gator, can I ask you a question? Did you just, like, use me to, like, get to these places to where he's like, yeah, I network. You know, that's what you're supposed to do in order to be successful 
I network. Um, however, you know, that really doesn't take away the sincere, like, feelings you have. Because you can have sincere feelings from someone and network at the same time. So, then Lil Dicky even told him, like, he he wasn't even upset at it. And the last line of the scene was, you know, Lil Dicky saying, no, I'm not upset. I'm actually honored. Because, you know, I'm honored that I was part of your gander. Like, I'm, I'm honored because when they first, remember when they first met, as soon as that song, like, played, and I don't I don't think it was necessarily the beginning, maybe it was, but it was like the middle or something, and he recognized it. He recognized who little dick he was. So, huh. oh my God, that is episode one, the pilot. And that was one of the longest episodes um, not the longest episodes. It's actually one of the shortest pilots being 30 minutes. And I'm going to get to that too. But the ending rap is, um, My Dick Sucks by Lil Dicky. Um, then episode two, going on to episode two, episode two is called Dave's First. So this episode starts off with Gator and Dave in the store and they're talking about shampoo, but they're talking about it. Dave starts talking about it like, yes, in a literal sense, but if you dig deeper, um, and what he says, he says, how can, how can three in one shampoo be like, you know, yeah, like body wash, body wash can probably be used to shampoo, um, and shampoo can probably be used interchangeably, but there's no way that body wash or shampoo can be used in conditioner. And you know what I'm saying? Oh, excuse me. Can be used as, as conditioner. And then it goes to, you know, Gator saying like, uh, cause the, he, before, before that, he's like, you know, which shampoo, you know, could I get? And he's like, you know, Gator's like, it doesn't matter. You deserve it all. And though he was talking about like the shampoo, this is once again, a direct, like, you know, confidence building to Lil Dicky where it's like, you know, more than just the shampoo, you deserve to have it all in your career. So, uh, going back to the metaphor, you know, the three in one metaphor, I, I, I'm going to talk about that, you know, at the end. But, yeah, the three-in-one metaphor um, relating, uh, you know, what I'm saying. And Gator explains that his cousin used, like, a small bar of soap to wash his hair. And then it, it got it clean at one time. And it got it really, really, really clean as well. So then the next the next scene is kind of used as story progression. And it's so sad because Ali has so much potential but she's literally only used to story progression so basically we finally see Ali and her element um you know being like a teacher and all that her school it's a play and Dave is looking at the play performance after the performance Ali asks Dave like how do you think it is and then Dave does this little I don't want to tell you the truth because I don't want to hurt your feelings but you know I, I just can't I can't go based off of that performance if I haven't performed my not if I haven't performed but if I haven't seen other performances so then this weird woman comes up didn't really fucking introduce her I think she's like the principal or another teacher or whatever but it's like you know the parents like want to like the parents of john levin boo lame wanted to like talk to you because their child passed away so <clears throat> dickie's like okay whatever sure i'll talk to john levin um, john levin parents so john levin parents come up and was like i just want to let you know that our son just 
just really loved you. And Lil Dicky is like, oh, that's really sweet and all. And I'm so sorry. Thank you. And they're like, we, we just want you to like perform at his funeral. And Little Dicky accepts. But now af immediately after he accepts, he's like, mm, do you really think I'll be the best artist at his funeral? Like I'm more of a funny type artist. My lyrics are kind of vulgar. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. Yes, yes, yes. I think it'll be like, you know, it'll be great. Just make sure like it's funny, but it's heartfelt. And then the dad's like, oh, yeah, but also make sure it's cool as well. Get back to that as well. So... Um, after that, you know, I think it goes back to a scene like at back at the house or at, at Dave's apartment or it could be Allie's, maybe it's Allie's apartment. I'm going to assume it's Allie's apartment, but yeah, go, yeah, I will assume it's Allie's apartment. So it goes back to like Allie's apartment and Allie and Dave is talking about the whole thing. And of course, but pay, not, of course, pay attention that they enter um, there's music playing on, there's music playing, Emma, Ali's roommate, is, and I love her character, and, and I love Emma, but, um, you know, music is playing, um, you know, they pan to the TV and it shows, like, I guess political revolution, and the music is playing over the TV, so then they first cut the music off, uh, from the speaker, they cut the TV off. So then Dave goes up to Emma to explain her, like, what's been going on. However, you know, he he's calling her. She doesn't hear him. And then it comes to find out she has earphones on. So, you know, he, talk, he talks to, like, him about it, uh, talks to her about it, yada, 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 yada. And once again, Allie is like a piece of fucking paper in the wind. Uh, boring as fuck, and the most critical conversation comes from Dave and Emma, and Dave is like, okay, you know, I'm not like XYZ and stuff like that, because the parents was like, you know, our son like people like you and Macklemore, you know, guys like that, and that really, really bothered Dave, because he's being compared to Macklemore, and when Emma looked up on Spotify, Emma was like, you know, uh, oh, related artist to Lil Dicky, uh, I think it was like Macklemore, The Lonely Island, and G Easy. And like, listen, I definitely I don't know who the fuck wrote that, but that is just fucking terrible. And I'm gonna explain at like that's so inaccurate, it's terrible. But I'm gonna explain at the end. The only reason they did that because they all were white. Anyways, that's not even the reason why people don't really or put him in the it is it is, but it's not, but I'm gonna go back to that. But, yeah, he's like, I believe I want to be, like, he's like, I, I I believe I'm more like in the realms of Young Thug. First of all, that's not a compliment, so, bitch, I guess, but, like, really not. But anyways, in the studio, like, you know, he's going, Lil Dicky um, is going through beats, and he calls a beat too urban for the funeral. That's a whole nother thing. Also, he, like, um, also, you notice that Lil Dicky is actually pretty good at picking up vibes on a beat. Um, so he's struggling, and this is where Little Dicky absolutely shines in this show. <laughs> and I'm so happy this scene was shared with Taco Ales. I'm so happy that this 
scene was shared with Els because it was like one of the funniest shit I've ever seen on the, the t this like show so far. So he's rapping. He's like, maybe John is playing with a basketball or Kareem Jardua. He's not dead, but something, something. And it's just, it's just funny. It's just over around. It's just all around funny. And Els reaction to it is like, this shit is bad. And, and it was, it was. So then the next... So then the next um, scene, you know, he's performing in front of, um, he, he's, he's performing in front of, uh, Emma and Allie. And when he's performing in front of Emma and Allie, um, when, when he's performing, uh, it's, it, it, it's, Oh, I'm sorry. I, I I'm sorry. I skipped the main point. Hoof. So then, uh, you know, while he's performing, um, not while he's performing, but I guess like in that like airtime between performing and not performing, uh, he gets a text from Gata, and Gata's like, you know, I'm here. Let's go pick up some food or whatever. And like Els is just like, why the fuck are you like friends with this crazy fuck and you know, Davis, like, oh, he, like, he inspires me, and, you know, he makes it believe in me, so that gives away, you know, what Dave gains from Gator. So then, the next scene is Dave and Gator, they're walking, like, in this, like, uh, they're walking, like, this, this, uh, sub place, this Philly cheese steak place, and he's like, yeah, Dave, this place has really good Philly cheesesteak. Can I have a hot dog? Which I'm going to also get there. I'm also going to get that as well. And then Little Dick is like, you're ordering a hot dog. But when he talks, the person behind the cashier is like, oh my God, you are um, recognizing it's like, oh my God, like, you know, you're Little Dicky. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Kind of just fawning over him or whatever. And... Gator makes a very, he doesn't make a facial expression necessarily, but it's almost like it, his face went blank. Like, it's almost like his face just went completely blank. Um, like he, like there was an emptiness seeing little Dickie get recognized. Um, because he did, or he asked for a hot dog, and then the attention just completely turned on Lil Dicky. So they're outside eating, and basically Lil Dicky's having a conversation um, about kind of like, you know, what trans, like what trans, what transpired. Because the cashier was like, "Oh my God!" Like I saw you on YG's Instagram. The only reason he knows him and was like, "You are actually like a real rapper," and that really is like a real rapper like he doesn't know what that means and that also kind of pisses me off because we can kind of we know what he means when he said that but anyways after they're sitting outside Gator's just telling him like you know god has made everything you know where like are you religious and 
you know, Davis, like, I don't know what this whole, and I'm happy Gator countered it. Like, I don't know. I just feel like people who feel like they know stuff don't know anything really at all. Like, what do any of us know? And Gator was like, that's easy for you to say because you, Dave, as a white man, come from a place of privilege where things fall into your lap. And Gator's like, you know, even Gator, listen, he's been kicked out. He's been, it's like, God is good. And, you know, honestly, I don't, I think God is like doing excellent work on here on earth. So then Dave performs, the next scene, Dave performs for Allie and Emma. And Emma's like, oh my God, <laughs> like you can see on her face. And that's, I feel like that's what good acting is. Like on her face, she's kind of like getting into it and she elated. And Allie is just looking with a fucking dead ass stare after she basically begged Dave to rap in front of her. And she's just like, um, which kind of gives away her thoughts about it as well. And honestly, so it was six hours before the funeral. You know, they're both like, it's like Emma's not really sure if she likes it because she believes in him or like she likes it because it's just funny. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Ali's like, oh, is this like your final product and stuff? And I'm like, bitch, I, I was here kind of for that, like very, very, very white woman dragging. I, I was here for it. So, you know, Lil Dicky's under a lot of stress and, you know, all of that. Then, you know, Dave and Mike um, are in the tub, you know, together. And Mike is, like, putting, like, uh, Mike is, like, putting ointment on, like, little Dickie's back or whatever. And I didn't think of this in my original review, but the next episode, or no, the, ep the episode after that, episode four, I'm going to go into that. But, yeah. And... That's just, that That was really, like, a whole thing. But the purpose also, that bathtub scene, besides it being weird, and besides that little gay ejaculation shit that happened um, after that, and I do use that as a member of the LGBT community, um, it, it, it kind of, it was kind of curtained as, like, friendship or whatever. But, you know, there can be more inferences. It's nothing set in stone. But... It also shows how meticulous Mike is and gives us opening to his personality. He's like, well, I'm just trying to keep track of, like, if you're eating cheese, if you're doing that, like, oh, well, this doesn't work. I just want to make sure, like, this degree would get you the best degree to get rid of your back knee. So that shows how meticulous that he is, and that really does come in handy. Um, so then, while he is on, he's at the funeral now. And he's on stage at the funeral. And he's basically like, oh, you know, well, I'm ner like, he's nervous as fuck. Like, he sees the kids coming in. He's trying to get hype, but it's like, it's a funeral. And you know what I'm saying. So then, like, you know, he meets up with Mike. He meets up with Mike after he has a conflict with Els. And was like, can you not, like, like, I asked you to bring the graphics. Can't like I actually bring the graphics. Can you like please not forget to play, press play on the beat and like his diva moment? And I'm gonna call that when he turns into Little Dicky. Um, Little Dicky and Els had a conversation, not Dave and Els. Little Dicky and Els. Um, so then Dave, 
like, you know, he's already defeated XYZ. And Mike comes up to him. Now, if this scene is not the most Tyler Perry written ass shit I've never fucking seen in my life, somebody gonna have to shoot me. Because this scene was so fucking melodramatic. And yes, like that could have been like the purpose of it. But it was so melodramatic that it gave me a headache. And basically what it was like... You know, Lil Dicky's down. Mike is like, do you hear? I can't believe you don't see the beautiful irony in this. People need, like, people to laugh in these tough situations. And he has a point, like, you know, and you can bring that to them. He has a point. But to counter his point, Little Dicky's concerns are very much so valid. Because there's a certain place, like, yes, you know, in, in dark times, you do need to have laughter. But a funeral, a funeral is not one of those times where you want to perform just to have laughter. So, but apparently, you know, Lil Dicky's like, you know what? You changed my complete whole mind. It's like, oh my God, tingles. I got the tingles and then X, Y, Z. And then Mike is basically like, I'm about to do all the drugs I have in my car. Um, See you. <laughs> Which is like, okay, I guess crackhead. <laughs> I'm just joking, but he's not a crackhead. Maybe some, but no, I'm joking. Um, So then Lil... Lil Dicky, like, as he's walking to the stage, you know, Gator's there. Gator's hyping him up uh, as well. Gator's there, uh, too. But, you know, Dave is walking to the stage in his own mind. And I really appreciate this artistic direction where it's kind of like you hear, like, an overlap of echoing voices while he's walking to represent his thoughts and the good, the bad, the unconfidence, everything. Everything. And... Before he gets on stage to perform, Macklemore, yes, yes, like if this if this episode could not get more Anglo-Saxon, at, at, like at all, Macklemore definitely pushed that shit to the next level when he stepped in there. So Macklemore, he comes in and not even come in, you know, he's walking. Then you got these clout chasing fucking parents, or not even clout chasing, but celebrity starstruck dick riding type of parents who the mom is all straddled on his arm. And, you know, Gator, Gator's also, you know, like I said, he's a businessman, sort of, sort of. He's not a businessman, but he likes to network. So, you know, he's coming in in front of Macklemore, like we got Macklemore in here. And Macklemore is like, you know, bro, I'm sorry. Like, are you, you know, about it? Like, are you the sound guy or whatever? Can I have this mic or whatever? And whatever. Now, before that even transpired, before Macklemore, like, got on stage, after he walked, like, towards the stage, the dad was like, oh, I'm just so sorry, Dave. After the dad was like, and the parents, like, want you to point out, people was like, uh, you know, we're so sorry, Dave. Like, no, there may not be enough time. And then he asked Macklemore, he's like, Macklemore, how long can, like, you perform? And he's like, you know, I got plenty of, he purposely stated, I was like, I got plenty of hits. I can stay as long or as short as you need me to. Like, and then, like, literally, the, the dad turned around and was like, you know what, Dave, I'm so sorry. You know, they're just, in, in, in the very, once again, Anglo-Saxon thing, like, oh, you know, we just don't have enough time. And, like, keep in mind, like, I am joking when I say that, but that, that, ugh, 
Like, but no, when I when I say about like this episode couldn't get more like wider, I definitely meant that shit. Because when Macklemore came in, the show turned from like that. This episode specifically turned from like the color white to like transparent. And Macklemore then proceeds to perform in front of kids, and then they do this little like lame ass bit. Talking about some, oh, where you get that jacket from, Dave? Got it from the, the thrift store. Uh, boring. Next. So, the end song of this is John Scorn. This is the episode that comes up that I don't even want to really get into. Or I've re- I'd rather just talk about the concept of this episode. So, this is the least watched episode in terms of viewer count. However... This is one of the two higher rated episodes. And I'm just like, who are they paying to pay these people on IMBD to rate these episodes? Like, who are they actually paying? And I didn't go on Rotten Tomatoes, but I promise you the next podcast episode, I will go on Rotten Tomatoes and come back with you guys on that. But anyways, so... Episode 3 is called Hypospadius, and for those of you guys who don't know what that means, please look it up, or, like, look up actual pictures of it, um, but we go into, look up actual pictures of it just to get, like, more of a research thing. It's just, it's, uh, so remember that thing that Dave was explaining to his doctor at the beginning of episode 1 about his penis? That's what it is. It starts back with a flat episode. I mean, I'm going to try to zoom through this. The episode starts in 2001 um, in Dave's room, and two girls allowing him to fill them up in exchange for filling his penis. But then, you know, I'm going to assume that was a, a young Els he was with on the phone. So when they're a teenager, he talks to like Els, and he's like, oh, well, you know. I wasn't going to allow them to touch my, like, penis or something. And it's hilarious because the parents, yes, the parents come back in it in a uh, as a young version of themselves. And they're the exact same way. They're the exact same way. They're the exact same way. It's hilarious. Like, hang up the phone right now. Um, And, you know, Dave opens up to them like, I'm a weird dick and X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And that whole thing, I'm not going to get necessarily into exactly what's wrong with his penis because I get it. But that, I, I you know, I get that because it, it does, it does happen to people. And, you know, I, I feel for the people that it it really happens to and more power to him for putting them on the map and for representation. But yeah, so basically, you know, actually, I guess I will just to be fair, but he's basically like, his urethra was fucked up during birth, so then they had to like instead of instead of like the instead of like the pee hole being like at the exact tip of the penis, it's at like the bottom of the head of not the bottom of the yeah the bottom of the head of the penis. And then later on, so yeah, so that that's what that's what that condition is. But that's not all what's wrong with his penis. And I'm not just talking about it being small. Like he always wants to announce to the world, like we get it. Your name is about your small fucking dick. And talking about a uh, uh, ode to counter hypermasculinity. Well, okay, girl, I guess so. 
you know, this episode is basically a Dave and Allie episode. And that is why it is so draining for me to even talk about this. Ugh. But it definitely showed the defunction and dysfunction in their relationship a lot more clearly. So just skip through this. Through the episode, Dave has like a half sex doll on the bottom um, that he fucks from time to time. And like, you know, that, you know, that's a weird thing. And then, um, Allie walks in to Dave, um, rapping in Elle's session. And, you know, he's like, oh my God. Like, she's, she's so enamored with like, oh my God. Like, you sound so cool. And like, oh my God, I'm a rapper's girlfriend. Even though, you know, but anyways. Elle's then is, you know. Uh, Ali's like, okay, I gotta go. And then Elle's like, what's the rush? If you're not rushing, just hear him, like, rap. So, Ali hears him rap. And, of course, Lil Dicky raps about eating ass. And, like, because she rap- he raps about that later on in the episode, like, when they're having sex, in the middle of them having sex, she says, of course, very, like, you know, because she's kind of very timid a little bit, too. She's like, eat my ass. And... Dave, it, Dave, it's, it's kind of saying like, oh, well, Dave couldn't hear her. But Dave kind of clearly ignored her. And we know, so then after they have sex and Dave comes and stuff, he's like, oh, well, I thought I heard you say eat your ass. And then she's like, no. And then she's like, yes, yes, I did. And he was like, "Is were you being serious? And Allie was like, first of all, <laughs> if I was Allie, I would have left like, immediately after he said some shit like that. Ali was like, you were inside of me. Yes, I was fucking serious. Like, this is not a fucking joke. Um, and she ain't say it that aggressively. Kind of wish she would, because it would have gave her more oomph. But she's like, no, you were inside of me. Of course it's not a joke. So then Dave gives his explanation. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm not just going to, I'm not going to be doing that. And then she's like, okay, well, why the fuck are you rapping about it? And she's like, oh, well, that's little dicky and Dave. And I'm like, Oh my God, next. So then, um, Lil Dicky goes to his friends in the next scene and kind of is upset at it. He's like, oh my God, I don't want to have like this type, freaky type sex. Like, how do I like, he's trying to get advice. He's like, how do I <laughs> fuck my girlfriend at the end of the scene between him, Gator, Mike, and Els. Now, the scene is also used to show Els and Mike's relationship and how they grow. And, you know, they're like, don't, like, because he's like, you want to understand, because he loses his grill, um, and it wasn't like a big grill, it was like a little small grill, but it was a grill nonetheless. He's like, he loses his grill, he can't find it, and then Mike finds it for him, it's like, oh, here's your grill. And before he finds it, Lil Dicky is like, you know, just think of it as, you know, because it's revealed that it was $300, like, just think of it as lost Hanukkah money. Uh, And, you know... That's after he finds it and stuff. Gator explains to him, like, you know, I don't, you know, y'all may not understand, but, you know, this means the world to me. Like, I'm gutter, uh, not gutter, but this, you know, this means a lot to me because of how I've grown up. Then you got Mike Born ass talking about some, uh, don't let me in with these two. The, the most boring of the characters in terms of actual real life personality and what he does. Um, well, not the most more. I'm sorry. Allie still has that. But Allie gets 
a little bit more edge to her in this episode. Like, very slightly. But yeah, like, don't lump me in with these assholes. I was born in Southside Chicago with his shameless ass. And then, like, uh, Els was like, you know, my, you know, don't, you know, we the same, like, as, you know, because he's black. And he's like, you know, I may have had, like, you know, my, those, are, that's my parents' money. You know, I, my parents may have had money, but I don't. And that, those are two opposite good points of, like, different, op- and I'm going to go into that, too. Um, but, yeah, so, then after that, you know, we see... Emma and Allie in the scene by themselves, and they're cleaning out the refriger- their refrigerator. And Allie is, like, explaining to Emma, like, you know, I asked Dave to, like, you know, eat my ass. And he was like, hey, Emma, let me tell you what this confident bitch did. She turned around and was like, eating, I get my ass, say, hey, that's, like, the best thing that I can ever, like, have. Like, my last boyfriend, that's all he wanted to do. He ain't even want to fuck me. He just wanted to eat my groceries. And it was the best time of my life. And I'm like, yes, Emma, come through with this. And then, um, you know, Allie, Allie actually opens up. Like, she actually opens up and we can kind of finally see some of the thoughts that's kind of going through her head. Um, And she has opened up before about what's bothering her. But now we actually get to see the intrusive deep thoughts when uh, she reveals to her, like, you know... It's not necessarily, I'm not going to say exactly all she said. I'm just going to, you know, summarize it. But she's like, you know, it wasn't necessarily like the ass eating part. It was when David's little dicky, you know, he's more aggressive and he's not meek. And like, you know, he's mm, and that really turned her on. And then when, you know, it gets back and he's Dave, it's kind of like, oh, you know, I love him. But like. There's no, there's no spark. That's basically what she's telling her. But there's no spark. Like, even in the sexual part of it, she don't come. Like, not she don't come. Dave doesn't, Dave doesn't make her climax. And when she said, like, I've been good at making myself come, Emma's like, whoa, bitch, you make yourself? And then she's like, yeah. So, after that conversation, um... We see Mike and Gata's relationship and literally pay attention to this. Like, Gata is absolutely amazing with everybody in the ensemble, whether they're together, separately. He is the character that you want in every scene with different characters at least once. So, Mike and Gata go out in this store. Gata get ran up on by this one aggressive dude. And we don't know what it's for, but please remember this. So he get ran up on, and he's like, you ain't going to do nothing. You ain't going to do nothing. You ain't going to do nothing. And Mike is, like, shitting his, like, boxers. Like, his, you can see, like, some of the gel in his hair, like, start to disintegrate. And you can feel the neck beard on his, the neck beard hair on his neck start to stand up. So... After that, you know, Gator just brushes that off like, no, it's nothing. And then they go to Mike's house and Gator, Mike and Dave's house. And Gator fixes uh, the TV or an app for him. And then, you know, they get the weed to smoke. And then Gator was just vibing with Mike after, you know, he was introduced to like that music to show he can vibe with everybody. And I, I love that about him. 
So, after that, um, and this is going to be probably the end of it. So, after that, now we're at the end of the episode, and Ali and Dave, you know, they they have sex, but this time, you know, Ali's like, talk to me like little Dicky, like, become little Dicky in this moment. And, you know, Dave is like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then she comes and then she goes to sleep and Lil Dicky gets, like, the half doll and then fucks it in the bathroom. But then she knocks on the door. It's like, I got to pee. Even though I'm like, bitch, you nasty. You supposed to pee right after sex. And, men, you nasty, too, because you also supposed to pee after sex. Um, But she she knocks on the door. Lil Dicky rushes and throws it in the shower. She she comes down and like she pees in the toilet, um. But then it, it comes out and then Dave after Ali's on his ass about stuff. Dave is like I'm fucked up dick and then Ali's like I don't believe you I've seen it before and then Dave is like I'm you have absolutely not seen it. Yeah, argue 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 bigger 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 argue bigger. Ali leave Ali's about to leave but then Dave finally breaks down and one of the last scenes and. One of the very last, like, this is Dave's, so far, one of Dave's most vulnerable scenes where, like, you know, he could talk about his penis in the rap, but talking about it in real life with even his spouse is difficult. Um, So, he talks about it, he talks about it to her, let her know exactly what was happening. Oh, the other part that's wrong with his penis is... Then, like, he starts to have, like, black dots, like, almost like poppy seedish type things. And he got it removed, and the doctor removed one of them. I think he said removed one of them too far. And now he has, like, a second hole where, like, the pee, like, comes up. And, like, he has to sit down and pee. Or if he has to stand up, he puts his finger over the top hole and pees. So he explains that, and... We think that uh, Allie is still going to leave, but she turns on the light and says, okay, I want to see it. So, this is where we see Little Dickie's raw soul. He reluctantly did, like, pull down his pants and show her, like, okay, this is what it is. And she's not even that phased by it. And I'm like, okay, 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 Allie, nice. Even though, mm, it's kind of in her character already, but of course we don't exclude the possibility of that change in things, but shit, she didn't been through so much, like, she might as well just take this as part of the package too. Lil Dicky didn't told the world about her dry ass pussy and her, like, head game, so it's whatever. so yeah. Then, you know, we see Dave's, after, you know, she leaves and stuff, and she says thank you and stuff. And, you know, a lot of us guys can relate to it. When we become vulnerable, that is a lot for us to do. Well, it's a lot for a lot more people. I'm okay with vulnerability. But it's a lot because, you know, that's our weakest point. So then, like, once again, like, this whole, I understand what she was saying, but this shit just has, like, Dave wrote, Dave, yes. Lil Dicky wrote this episode. Like, I had to look up who wrote this episode. Because I was like, Kevin Hart is an executive producer. 
And like this shit just has Kevin Hart name written all over it. And no, I do not like Kevin Hart. And that's a, that's going to be another podcast. But so yeah. Then it, she comes to the conclusion with this whole fucking thing of, well, you know, you do this because that, you know, you do this because this is your fantasy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, uh, basically fucking the dog because your worst insecurities become your fantasy. And I'm like, uh, uh. anyways, so then she makes him a milking table, which was referenced at the beginning of the episode and, uh, being little Dickie's like weirdest type shit that he ever did. And I appreciate this is one of the most synchronized and actual couple scenes that they had so far. It's when like Lil Dicky is like, you know what? Finally, I'm about to be a compromising boyfriend and I'm just going to suck it up and eat the fucking groceries. Like all of the fucking groceries. But, you know, when they start doing that at Dave's apartment, Mike opens up the garage and sees him before he performs cunnilingus on her anus. So that ends it. And with the end song, I they didn't really give a name for it. And they really don't be giving names for a lot of these songs. So I just named the song Fucking by Lil Dicky. And that's the song that he had he was playing in the studio. So now that that is over because we're almost done, um, and I'm sorry, like I said, it's so long. It is absolutely because these are five episodes smacked into this one review, and my reviews are going to be more digestible from now on because, you know, as I'm watching episode after episode after episode, I'm going to be snapping out reviews. So, episode four. Episode four is titled, Somebody dot dot dot. And this episode starts off with Lil Dicky and Gata walking, discussing um, would they rather be blind or deaf. And Gata, listen, Gata is such a real nigga. Gata is like, what I got to have vision for, I didn't seen it all. Period. Period. So then, you know, I think a TMZ bus comes up and it's like, oh, well, uh, you know, TMZ come up with uh, these tour buses comes up on the Hollywood Boulevard. And they come up and they see like Gator's like, oh my God, fucking it, completely ignoring Lil Dicky. But they're like, oh my God, Wiz Khalifa, we them boys, says Gator. And then walks away and he's like, what a, what a, what a tangle web we weave. And Gator be, Gator spits gems. And I know it sounds like I'm dick riding Gator, but objectively, Gator is one, if not, no, I'm going so far. Gator is the best character in this series. So after that happens, uh, you know, the sentiment is kind of, you know, it's kind of echo in the next scene between like Ali, Dave and Mike. Um, kind of like. You know when it when they're trying to invite them to like a party, because Ali um when they try to like invite him out to a party because Ali you know tells Mike to get him to go like you know there'll be like celebrities they're like even bigger celebrities than Dave right here like celebrity celebrities so and 
I also think this was a good scene for Allie, but I think it literally was because Allie and Dave were interacting with Mike. Like, it's only when Allie is by herself with Dave, it's just so unbearable. So, or by herself. And she kind of, she is kind of unbearable, like, by herself with, like, certain people sometimes. But, eh, but, yeah, so, they, so, you know, Mike agrees and uh, the next scene goes on and kind of shows like Gata, Emma, Els, Mike, Ali, and Dave entering the party. With some land, was so Els and we go, it goes back to you know, Els and Mike, you know, throwing shots at each other. You know, it could be playful, but you know, based off of what they showed us about how Els feels about Mike, I can kind of take this seriously, like they still don't really like each other. Um, and Mike, <laughs> whoo, Mike, um, that joke back to Els was just terrible. Like, I'm not even gonna say his joke, but when Els told him, so you really gonna talk to girls looking like you're bad at poker in that shirt? thought that was the funniest stuff I've ever seen, so, or ever heard. So, it's like this art exhibit, and Gata talks to Emma, and, and Gator is like, oh, you did this, that's dope. And Emma's like, uh, he's like, you got talent. And then Emma turns to him and is like, boy, I got Microsoft Word. Like, this is not talent. <laughs> Which I thought it was funny and telling at the same time. Then it goes to, um, then it goes to Dave and Allie and they go up to this to this art piece, which is a bouquet of flowers inside of a toaster. And I think this scene kind of is Dave speaking to himself in a way and I uh, about his own art and what his kind of position is in the musical industry that is rap and hip hop. So, you know, Dave looks at it and it's like, mm, and Allie once again is silent and boring as crap. So, you know. He's like, what's wrong? What's your thoughts about it? And Dave is like, I'm, I'd rather not say. And that's when he's like, you know, art is meant for us to spark conversations about things. So then Dave is basically like, this is not art. And, you know, it just seems like you just put a, a flower in a toaster and called it a day. And, you know, he's like, well, what is art? And, you know, he's like, mm. and then he's like, ah, so you're not because the artist Marcus, his name is Marcus. Marcus is like, ah, so you're not a fan of Coons. And then Dave thinks it's a, a derogatory name for a which it is. Coon, Coon is a derogatory name for a black person, yes. However, this was the na last name of the artist. And, you know, he's like, it's not a black thing, which go echoes like reverbs loudly back to Dave where he should not think people don't enjoy his rap for the most part because he is white. Yes, that's some people, but no, it's not a white thing at all. So after that, um, it goes to a scene between Els and Gata and Els is, uh, you know, Els is telling Gata cause he sees Trippy Red across the room. Like, Oh my God, like I really want to work with him. And then Gata's like, why don't you just go and introduce yourself to him? And then, like, <laughs> Els is like, first of all, I'm smacked. Like, I'm high. Like, I'm not about to go out there, go out there, and I'm high talking to a potential client. And then, second of all, what I look like, yo, you know, you don't know me or even have contacts to me, but 
hit me up on the beat and I got you and stuff. So then Gator took it upon himself and was like, watch this. And then, of course, L's go over there because he doesn't want, you know, he's in that nervous stage like, no, 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 Gator. So <laughs> Gator starts, you know, conversation with Trippy Red. And Trippy Red really blows Gator off like, nah, bruh, I don't know you. I don't, I don't know her. And Els, you know, Els comes over um, and, you know, shoots his shot and it actually goes in. And he's like, all right, let me get your info. Let me get your info. Let me get your info. So he gets his info. He gives his info to Trippy Red or whatever. And, you know, after Gator goes over there and breaks the ice. The next scene is Young Thug. It shows Emma and Young Thug and... I'm so sorry. I apologize. I know he is like a semi-relevant artist. I just don't, you know, know who he is. For those of you who do, like, just, you know, let me know who he is. Or, you know, I am going to do research on who he actually was in the scene. But I really just don't know who he is. But anyways, Emma Young Thug and this artist is smoking weed on the couch at the art festival. Or the uh, showing, the, the gallery showing. So... As they're doing this at the, as they're doing that at the gallery, uh, you know, um, showing, Emma is very blunt with Young Thug and was like, whatever that was, that sucks. Like it was a project. And like that sucks. You need to stop having yes man, like let yes men around you because that's not going to be good for you at the end. So then Dave comes over because Emma like signals him to come over. Tells Young Thug he's a rapper. Um, you know, Young Thug is like, you know, he's smoking weed. He passes it to Dave. Dave takes like not even a puff, like a mini puff. And um, as <laughs> Young Thug is coughing, like Dave kind of like, like just stops it. And because, you know, he can get sick, like, you know, people can get sick, especially um, since it is present day, you know, they weren't trying to like really, 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 really like out loud talk about the coronavirus, but I feel, you know, there are some direct correlations to the coronavirus and like who you can trust or whatever. So the very next, you know, David's like, uh, he starts become, he starts becoming neurotic again, going through his neurotic episodes. And he's like, you know what, young thug, I really do appreciate you. However, you know, I'm, I, you understand I am an artist and you are an artist and you know, I, my voice, my voice is my gold mine. I gold mine. Like I can't mess that up. Can't fuck that up. So he leaves, uh, the scene, but then goes to the next day, which was Tuesday. And Dave has a very sore throat, but the next day Mike is in the like in the apartment and he looks at Dave and he's like, "Dave, can I have a word for you for a second? Dave's like, "No," but then he just goes on and say like, "Um, oh, excuse me, let me backtrack right quick." So before, because Mike has a scene, so and I, so I'm gonna be very honest with you guys, I did not really catch any of this. Until probably around like, not only the third time I watched it, but after talking to like one of my really good friends. Um, and, you know, he's like, hey, like, yeah, I kind of, I feel like I kind of caught like some hints to his sexuality. Now, let me tell you the reason why I didn't caught it. Because when I saw the scene again, I was like, oh, this is very obvious. 
I maybe I was tired. It happens. It really does happen, which is why you shouldn't feel bad when you do reviews if you don't do anything because it does happen. So Mike is at this party. He's trying to hit on a girl, and uh, that does not that doesn't work out too well, like at all. He's still very serious. He's very meticulous. He's very stern. He's like, don't steal my idea, and. That brand of Mike's comedy works amazingly for him. He's like, don't steal my idea, don't steal my idea. She's like, okay, I'm, I'm not fucking with you, goodbye. So, then later on in the party, after, you know, Dave and L situation happened, we see Mike again, and he's looking at his phone, standing around. So, the thing specifically that he's looking at his phone, um, that he's looking up at his phone is um, Greg's oil change, and... At City Aquarium. It's in the, in the city's aquarium. Now, this is this is the thing that slipped from me, like for sure, because when I'm writing my reviews, like I am watching it. Of course, I'm watching the gesticulation, but like until the, like sometimes I'll write it after a commercial break, and then when the character starts talking, I'll come in. Well. This time, I paid very close attention to what it is, and then I noticed that I've heard the term fish, like a fishbowl, or I've heard the term, like, I heard that term used. And then I've also, like, heard, an oil, what, I've heard people say oil check, but I just never really knew what it was. And when I looked it up, for those of you who don't know, an oil, the slang for oil check is, you know, sex with the man like a, a man penetrating like you a sex with the man usually anally and then fishbowl is usually like the female version of a sausage fest and you know that so then this guy comes up the uh not producer but the manager and has conversations with him stops right there and has conversation with him which is I guess I didn't view it as weird I, at first. I just looked at it as, okay, he left the party. He probably wants to be alone um, from a lot of people. But then he just saw someone um, and was like, hey, like, you know how you talk and stuff away from people. And you become more social away from people. But if you pay attention, he, it, he purposefully stopped right there. Then I noticed, like, a girl, a woman went by Mike. And, you know, he looked at the woman but then uh, he looked at the woman, but didn't pay her too much attention in conversation. But then when the guy came along, he was like, hey. And then Mike was like, hey. And, you know, they started talking about, like, being in finance. But the guy was, like, a musical industry manager. And, you know, that really intrigued him because, let's be clear, yes, Mike is very go-getter-minded. Mike is very cross-my-tees. Uh, cross my T's, dot my I's, put the tails on my P's and Q's and stay on them bitches as well. So it's like, so it was that. And then also too, before like, you know, they go back for those of you who watch on demand before the commercial comes on and I didn't catch this at all, but like, you know, as he was talking and he's like, oh really? The way he, listen, he, he tried to LL Cool J lick his lips, right, in a very professional white way. And that took me out. That took me out. I'm like, okay, LL Cool J, I see you. I see you checking him out. So 
you know, that could definitely allude to future episodes involving his sexuality, um, for sure. That's not the only thing, because when my friend told me about that, shouts out to you, Kyle, my friend Kyle, um, also, like, my great friend Kyle, like, to, but I, I'll get into that in one of my other podcasts, but, yeah, so, actually, my brother Kyle, but yeah, so, um, then, you know, the next scene comes in and he's like, no, I don't think you understand me, X, Y, Z, about, like, the mechanics of it. And it shows that Mike understands even more from the business and analytical side than it seems like even the manager understood himself. And so, you know, that kind of going back to the scene that we were in before I started the whole Mike sexuality conspiracy thing, he stands there. He's like, no, little Dickie, like you really, really need a manager. Like you need someone to organize and I can be that guy. And then little Dickie is like, no, don't, you know, like I don't need a manager X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And Mike is like, bitch, yes, you do. Because Look, listen, Lil Dicky is, is the talent. He is talented, but he cannot do everything himself. It's impossible. Like, he can't do... He has to start getting a team together. And that goes back to that three-in-one shampoo. Like, he has to get a... He has to get a... The, the other meaning of the three-in-one shampoo. Like, he can't be the talent... The Some people can, but he can't be... Especially if he wants to get as big as he wants to get... It is very hard and the quality is going to suffer and his craft is going to suffer or somewhere is going to suffer in there if he's the producer, the manager, the, all that other stuff. Like he needs a manager. Like that is very important. So after back and forth and, you know, <laughs> the leverage of Mike, because Mike is very good at leveraging as well, shown here, where he bought LittleDicky.com from the original person who had it to give to Lil Dicky, even though, you know, Lil Dicky couldn't buy it because someone owned it. He contacted him and everything. So Lil Dicky's like, you know what? Absolutely. We can do this. And now Mike made it very clear, like, excuse me, like, you know, it's going to be working. You know, Lil Dicky is like, you know, oh my God, like, what you mean? Like, I'm about to be the next Kanye, like 20% of the next Kanye, what you talking about? And, you know, Mike is, while Lil Dicky is a very future-oriented, Mike is future and present-oriented, and it's like, hmm, so right now, let me see, 20, because Lil Dicky's like, don't quit your job, and he's like, you're literally not even bringing in money. This is my side hustle. And Lil Dicky kind of gets offended and Mike checks his ass like you're not bringing money in. 20% of zero, 100% of zero is still zero. So what you doing? So, you know, that got Lil Dicky to think or whatever, X, Y, Z. Then, you know, it, then after, you know, that, and he's like the official, like, you know, manager thing, he's literally like, I'm going to send, like, I'm going to get my people to send you all the stuff from, like, you know, that you need from you. So now after Tuesday, it goes to Wednesday. And Wednesday, we see Mike talking on the phone with his people, like his actual people, like his mom and dad. He's talking on the phone with his dad. His dad's like, no, I'm about to send you his refunds. I'm about to send you his check. I'm just so happy that you are like in his life because listen, Lil Dicky is spending all this money for takeout food. He's spending all this money on Uber and he has a car. Like, what is he? He's terrible financially. Like, Lil Dicky is terrible financially. And that just reinforces it more that he needs a manager. Like his own parents, it's like, I'm so happy that you get to manage this money. 
So that was a funny scene. And then after that scene, um, Els, it goes to, uh, it goes to, you know, Els working with, um, Trippy Red. Because you remember, he went to see Trippy Red and stuff. So it goes to Els working with Trippy Red, and Trippy Red is like, nah, run that back. Nah, this, this, this. And we really finally see Els' vulnerability. And the thing about Els' vulnerability is that he plays it off so well, usually, that no one really knows it. Like, the audience knows it because of, like, you know, what we see and, and how we're the area of the perception we're in compared to like where the other characters can either see him from or hear what he's saying or whatever. We learned that yes, Els is a beast on beats, but Els, I'm not going to say a beast. Els is, yeah, he is a beast. He's talented on the beat, but he lacks the technical knowledge um, when it comes to the vocabulary, what things mean, et cetera, et cetera, that is necessary for working with higher clientele. And, you know, he's able to fake it until he makes it because he finally finds out what Trippy Red wants and it works for him. But that could have been real nasty and real devastating for his career. Because if that would have went wrong with Trippy Red, people in the industry talk. People in the industry fucking gossip all the time. People in the industry blackball people and artists and producers. So if he would have fucked up Trippy Red and Trippy, because Trippy Red was about to take that stuff off and leave. But if he would have, if he would have done that, oh yeah, like that would have been the end of L's career until either Little Dicky blew up or he actually started to learn the technical terms, and that would have been a very difficult uphill battle for him to get any more clients because. A lot of you guys also, and this, I need for this, for all of my like musically inclined people, I need you guys to really listen to this, okay? Yes, you can have the talent, but it's extremely important to know the techniques, the technical skills, the logical technical skills behind it. And it's funny because it's also like kind of like mirroring like Mike, because Mike doesn't know shit about the music industry. Uh, but he knows business. However, that is also important. You, you're going to have to know the business side of the musical industry, which involves the technical skills and the musical industry itself. So I just, that was very clever of the writers and I really appreciate them for that. So you guys get a high five for that. And you guys get a high five for adding a lot more depth to L's. And when you watch this, you're going to think about some of the scenes in the previous episodes and be like, oh yeah, maybe instead of, maybe Els is lying. Maybe Els just don't know what they're talking about. So, shout outs to you. Kudos to you, writers. Okay. So, then um, the next scene opens up, uh, and, you know, Dave tells Els about, um, you know, oh, excuse me. You know, Dave, oh, excuse I'm just trying to keep up for a minute because I want to make sure that I'm not missing anything. Oh. Duh, I can't believe I even missed this. So before the scene of even L starts to work with Trippy Red, Dave and Dave tells Els and Gator the news of Mike being hired as his manager. Listen, 
Taco is like Mike, like white bread Mike, like mayonnaise white. Bitch, what does he know about managing? And then not only that, Mike's personality has the consistency of like sandpaper fused with razor blades. Like, what were you thinking? And then, you know, Gata's point was the opposite of that and was like, nah, Dave, that was actually really smart because you need to, like, for the people like around you, you need to keep the grass cut. You need to have people you trust, especially when you first start off, so that there's not any, con like, connivers or thieves or anything like that, or people to sabotage you, because that does happen as well. And, you know, that was, a, that was a lot on Dave's mind, you know, XYZ. He thought of, you know, he was thinking about that, but, you know, I think Dave definitely pushed for more of the Gator side. So then, you know, after the Elsie Trippy Red situation, Dave and Mike finally have, like, their first, like, not falling out, but, like, kind of, you know, bumping heads. So, you know, it's still, you know, Wednesday night when Mike is, like, um, you know, he's watching TV. And, um, you know, Dave comes in and was like, oh, you know, I need you to work right now. And I'm not even going to say this is Dave. I'm going to say this is a little dicky because, listen, you got three times to act like, and I'm helping you for free. I am helping you for free right now with the knowledge that you don't have. Like, you got three more, like, not even three more times because that's that, that's, that's that Kevin Hart dumbass wife shit. But you got, like, another time to, like, yell at me or anything, and then I'm out the door. Because I'm not having that, especially for Dave just to be the talent and not have any of the technical skills and or any of the social skills to actually make that. Yeah, you can just suffer on yourself, but Mike cares a lot about Dave and continue to help him. So, against her argument, Dave quote-unquote fires him or whatever. Then the next day, Mike comes in and like, listen, Dave, you need to get off your ass and actually do something because you're not going to sit like, like, where's this new music at? Like in order for it to be new music, like X, Y, Z. And, you know, he was like, well, you know, Gata thinks X, X, like Gata thinks that this is all part of the process to understand. And then Mike is like, yeah, bitch, Gata think, Gata act, asked me, are rhinoceroses like the animals real? And that was so funny. Um, it's hilarious. But yeah, and you know, Dave is like, oh, and Mike is like, you got to do something for people to gander at you, to give you the gander. Like, we need to do something and like, we need to go viral with it. So what ends up happening in the next scene, we see Dave in the library and, you know, he's in the masks, uh, he's in the masks, like, you know, suit because it's an ode to their somebody suck me introduction that they be doing. And I give them that. That's a very cute and unique introduction to people. Yeah, I give them that. Like, I really like that. I hope they don't change that. I really, really do like that. Um, but they made it into like a viral video, like a viral meme. Now, this is kind of where I have to suspend disbelief a little bit because you would think that someone who has a video that has 15 million views in three months wouldn't have to necessarily resort to like 
not only not only a video with 15 million views in three months, but also has a video wrapping on YG's timeline. You know what I'm saying? On his Instagram time. Uh, it's kind of hard. It was kind of hard for me to believe that he has to revert back to doing viral stunts to get like people to know his name. But I mean, going back to the gander, I guess I'll suspend some slight disbelief and believe it because it's like Dave is just so boring in real life. Like, what the fuck? But anyways, so... You know, he does the somebody suck me type thing like in the library and it gets, it goes viral. It, it goes viral as a challenge, as a dumbass challenge that goes viral and it gets 40 million views, like 40 million and it's everywhere. People are doing it everywhere. People are parodying it. Like even, I think they had like someone from like the gaming community, like, I think it was Ninja that was actually on there, but I'm really, really not sure, but it looks like Ninja. I think Ninja was even saying, like, somebody suck me, and stuff like that, and then the parents were the last people to see it, and they were just like, oh, Dave's on the interwebs, even though your son is a whole ass rapper with a video on the internet, but whatever, parents, because I love you. You're, like, the best part of the show sometimes, and then they literally looked at it, did not understand it, and I think that is the, like, they were playing the smarter roles of it and was like, this shit has 40 million views. 40 million. It has twice plus 10 million. It has, it literally has 2.66 times the number of views that Dave's, like, Bit like video got in the three months that it was out, and this was even less than that. So then, what ends up happening basically um, is like, yeah. Then what base? Then what basically happens is that you know this now because now it goes back to Monday. So I'm just going to assume like maybe it was only three days or two days or whatever, maybe four, I'm not sure. But I'm just going to assume that it was like anywhere between like two to three days. I think that's more reasonable um, since it's been out. And then the TMZ bus comes back again. And it, this is telling for both characters, for both Mike and Dave, because Mike and Dave are walking together. And the TMZ bus comes along and, you know, they're like, oh, my God, that's the somebody suck me guy. Oh, my God, that's the somebody suck me guy. Do it, do it, do it. And then, you know, when he was like, when they first said, oh, it's the somebody suck me guy, the woman said it. She was like, uh, well, yeah, I am, but I'm actually a rapper. I'm actually a rapper. And then she completely ignores that. It's like, do somebody suck me? And then little Dicky had like a introspective moment and was like, I don't want to. Um. It wasn't, like, so dramatic, like, but it was like, I don't want to. I don't want to do it. And then someone else literally looks... <sighs> this was the funniest episode by far so far. Someone looks at the man and was like, Are you the, aren't you the gay red-headed man from Modern Family? And he's like, yes. And that's also revealing because that also goes along with, you know, the theme of maybe he's... 
not yeah, because it, it's not directly stated, but maybe he does like men. Maybe he likes men as well. And then I look, I thought back to the oh, when he emulated an ejaculation scene on Dave's hair and back with the bottle. Like maybe that wasn't just a friend thing. And like you know, once again, pick up Sakayo from when we were talking about this. Um, and he brought this to my attention when I was telling him, like, big up, big up to him. Because I'm like, hmm, maybe. So then, you know, his, now he has the reputation of a, um, viral sensation based off doing a fucking challenge. And there's a difference between being viral for your craft and being viral based on some stupid shit. So now he has to come back with that as well. Thank you guys from who all made it this far. Thank you guys if you had to, you know, stop for a minute and come back to this or come back or just take it in pieces. I still thank you guys for listening to it because we are on the last episode, the most recent episode. So the most recent episode that came out is called Hype Man. So it starts off with basically Dave and Gator in the store. They're shopping for a jacket. You know, Dave being like Dave neuroticism comes out like once again. And Gator is just like, you know what? Like you look, you know, you look dope. You got to have that gander, you know, let me ask these guys. And he asked these group of, you know, black men. It was three black men. And, you know, he's like, oh yeah, you know, he's like, you know, Dave, you know, you know, Dave, like he's the rapper and stuff. And they're like, no, I don't know him. And then it bring, you know, once again, you no know, kind of kills Dave's self-esteem. But he was, Gator was like, no, he was the one on like, you know, rapper YG he about to have like a song with like, YG and stuff, and they like, oh, shit, for real, homie? All right, my nigga, let's get a photo. So, then they get a photo with Dave, and, like, Dave is in the photo with Crips. Yes, actual Crips, like the gang Crips. And he he, he does his little dicky sign, and it's, like, very, very close to, like, you know, the Crip side, which I also, which I took as like, oh, you know, maybe this is also like, this is a commentary about Lil Dicky ignorance getting him in trouble. And then maybe it's also a double meaning about like, um, cultural appropriation because he used the Crip side as the Lil Dicky side. And then when he gets back to Gator, it's like, it was, the, I throwing up a Crip sign all along. He was like, nah, but like, high key, it looks the same. So, that's something that I'm waiting for it to come back, like, full circle. Um, so, basically, he's trying to get ready and stuff because he has a song with Meek Mills. And actually, instead of YG, I, I'm thinking back on that. Like I wrote it down. I think it actually was the song with Meek Mills. He bought it. Like, he's about to have, like, open up. He's about to open up for Meek Mills. That's what it is. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my notes. But I also want to come to the train of thought where, you know, this, this, this. And I know it doesn't sound like it, but I promise you I've been practicing. This is a lot harder than it seems. But I digress. And for anyone who wants to do this, definitely. So, um, you know, they take a picture, X, Y, Z, what the fuck ever. So, you know, then the next scene, you know, the crew, they're like they're at a concert and Dave is doing research. Once again, I don't really know the artist of the concert, but it seemed like he was famous because there was really no introduction. 
Um, I was kind of instead of like being so research heavy, I wanted to make sure the main things that I have to be researched should have been researched, but I am going to, um, have been, the main things I want to research have been researched, but I am going to do a lot more research when I'm able to do like one episode at a time. Um, cause I do want to keep this short as possible as I can. Um, because we're already at the two hour mark, but. This is the episode that describe like really will bring you in. So the boy comes up to the people and they're like, they're like, oh my god, like somebody suck me, like oh my god, he like, you know, can you say it? Say somebody suck me, and then Dave shoots it back at him like, there you go, and then you know he walks away, and then the man, uh, fucking. Groupie asked of like, oh, well, can, are, are you guys hanging? And then Gator's like, nah, we good. So, you know, then Emma makes this thing where it says, oh, somebody, like somebody killed me. And I'm going to let you know, I'm going to be real fucking pissed of this is like uh, um, a, a symbolism or forewarning of her demise because I really have enjoyed Emma's minimalism like she is giving me it's minimalism but it's very powerful minimalism she is giving me Jane she is giving me Jane from Daria Jane Lane yes I'm a very huge fan of Daria she's giving me Jane Lane tease yes she is um I was gonna cause I was gonna say like mm, else be giving me very male version of Emma but more like Daria tease. But yeah. So uh, Emma, you know, says like somebody, you know, kill me. So then after the show, like they're in the circle discussing it. And, um, you know, Lil Dicky is kind of very concerned. Like, okay, like I got to make this imprint. And like Mike and, you know, he is just starting off as well in this industry because he doesn't know anything about music. Mike. Mike takes his L with dignity and like, you know, yeah, maybe I kind of rebranded you in the opposite way, but we're going to fix this. Like, we're going to really fix this to where like, you know, Emma's like, you know, I can do like, you know, your graphics if you need to. And then, you know, uh, Gator's like, dog, all you got to do is this. Once again, he's hyped up and he's like, you know, uh. Uh, my, uh, 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 and then Lil Dicky is like, I've never felt that good about my music. I'm gonna make you my hype man. Mike is like, no, Lil Dicky is like, bitch, you got me into this situation where I'm a fucking meme. This is a dictatorship right now. Do your fucking job properly. Do your fucking job properly, and then get back to me. And then he's like, all right, Gator, like you're in, you're in. So, um. You know, it goes to, you know, basically it goes to show, like, kind of how... And, and by the way, I, I just want to, like, note this, that Allie did not say any fucking thing about how she was going to help. Like, it, I guess she just thought, well, I'm his girlfriend, so I'm just going to be supportive. But, nah, it's going to take a little bit more than that, especially when I know that she can also, like, whether it's, like, you know what I'm saying like baking stuff or shit like she can do something but I, I just found that very telling how like Allie was the only person in that group because else was absent else was not there at all else was absent um that didn't say anything because I'm like 
they don't even need you for pussy anymore because he has a whole half a dog. Like, what is you doing? Like, you're literally, I guess, an affection cushion. But, like, they friends kind of feel that void slightly. Um, So, I'm just going to say love is what she values. But, uh, like, love is what she's going to um put in. But everyone is putting in love, especially when they're doing it for free. So, next case... Um, so then this is Gata's episode. So it, it goes back to, and I think I am going to just kind of summarize this because it's been two hours already and I'm even getting tired of talking like two hours straight. Yes, I'm talking two hours straight for this first one until I learn how to edit it, um, a little bit more, um, and cut it right now and, you know, actually get the, um, Thing that's coming in very soon so this is the first video and the other videos will be better um but you know basically this goes back through like gata's kind of uh thing so the main so the main storyline quote unquote is dave getting ready to you know perform for me or open up you know for meek mill whenever that date fucking is and then like um, uh, the side quote unquote story was supposed to be Gator's story. However, the power behind his story washes, kind of really washes out like the Meek Mill theme. So I'm going to say personally for me, the main story was Gator and then the side story in the episode was getting ready for the Meek Mill concert. So... It goes back to 2016, and it shows Gata on the bus with OG. Uh, he was he's on the bus says, um, OT Genesis hype man, the one who be like everybody mad. And for those of you who weren't up on him when that came out, uh, it's also the one who Beyonce in her homecoming movie went off of in a dance session. Uh, with divas, it was so it's like everybody mad slash a diva mashup, but really everybody mad with the ad libs and diva, and diva. But uh, anyway, so yeah, he's on OT Genesis bus, and then on the back of the bus, you know, you see him. He's hype as fuck, and you know, Nutty is sitting back there. Yes, Nutty, the manager from before that he gave the number to, the manager that kicked him out of the studio that nutty so um you know he's hype he's hypest he is hype he is very he is abrasive I, I i would say that you know as much as i love gata as a character he's very in your face and if you're if you're not used to his personality or like and even not even being used to his personality it's kind of very it's kind of like trying when you first meet him it's like this it's like energy everywhere and that could be very overwhelming for people especially with like when the rappers are trying to chill and stuff and they're off the stage and they can relax and calm down so um with that uh gata is you know he's rubbing ot genesis kind of the wrong way and he's rubbing like you know, he's flirting with some of the girls that are specifically in the back with OT Genesis and his homie and stuff. And, you know, when he goes back to the front, his uh, OT Genesis homie tells, uh, not OT Genesis, OT Genesis homie tells, you know, Nutty that, you know, 
you gonna have to bounce him. Like he kinda, you know, straight crazy. Not yeah, he like he acting crazy. Crazy. Keep that word in your Rolodex. Cra that, crazy. Um and you know Nutty's not Nutty's not trying to lose his job. And Nutty did tell, you know, him he needs to calm down and stuff, but he was super hype and stuff. It ends up, and, and I will, like, really, really tell you guys right now, I cried through this episode, and, you know, I'm not trying to cry on this podcast, but, like, if you hear my voice break, it's because this episode really touched on, it really touched on something. So... You know, as he's getting kicked out, like, the woeful in his voice as he's getting kicked out the bus, uh, he's, you know, he's telling him, he not telling him, but he says, like, okay, like, one more chance, bro, please. But he still gets kicked off the bus. <sighs> so then, like, it goes back to, um, this, it goes back to the scene with Dave and Emma, and they're discussing the graphics. And Emma is, I don't care if Emma's like, oh, you know, I have a word of stuff. Emma is talented, but I think she also recognizes that it takes more than talent, and it does take, like, the technical skills. And she has the technical skills, too. But I also think she just does her own thing. Like, she doesn't really care. Like, she does what feels good to her. Um, which is why, like, she doesn't have to, oh, this, 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 like other people really do. So she's doing the graphic, and Dave, now Dave does make some good points. He's like, oh, well, you know, these graphics, I thought the graphics was lit from my perspective. But with respect to Dave's perspective, he's already fighting an uphill battle with already, like, he's a meme. He's already fighting that uphill battle on top of he's a white satirical rapper because let me be let's be very transparent about this it, it there are white rappers like Eminem like and and, and, and it just goes back to the G-Eazy thing uh if it goes back to the G-Eazy thing where it's like no G-Eazy is not part of that Macklemore thing and Macklemore is in there but like mm, because G-Eazy came out rapping hard as fuck and and Eminem Eminem was satirical, yes, but, like, he broke it early enough. And, and he was, like, a rarity, too. Like, uh, who is this bright rapper with, like, funny-ass bars? Like, he got his foot in the door and then broke it open where Little Dicky got his foot in the door and still is doing satirical stuff. So, you know, he's like, you got to understand, like, I'm not trying to do this. And Emma is, like, the most power, like, Emma, Emma, Emma asks, when did you start caring about what other people want? Um, in which he responds, like, now. Like, especially when, you know, I have to open up for Meek Mills. And I know that Meek Mills' audience, whether it's, you know, black, white, Meek Mills' audience usually are fans of the things in the same genre as Meek Mill. <sighs> so, you know, he... um. He, he become, you know, he becomes, you know, sad, that sad, guilty face. And 
you know, it breaks down Emma Wall and Emma is like, I'm going to do one more for you. You know, she ain't saying it like that, but she's like, you know, I'll do one more for you, you know, you know, just because, you know, I'm, 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 I'm understanding, you know, I'm not so rigid as my personality lets me on to be like, I'll do one more for you. I got you. And she's doing this for free, free, not a zilch, nothing dust free. And yeah, so you know, that was, you know, that was a whole thing. So then it goes from there to, you know, Dave is in the studio with the, with uh, Gata, Els, and Mike. And they're doing practice runs of My Dick Sucks. And Dave and Gata are on the quote-unquote stage. And, you know, Gata's the hype man and stuff. And he's super hype. And through this scene, you see, like, he's hyper, 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 hyper hype. So... Basically, Dave stops the music because his neurotic side starts to come out once again. And then, like, Gator's like, what the fuck? And, like, um, put that music back on. And you see, like, Dave is talking to him, like, you know, I really don't even know how to do it. And, like, you know, I want this to be good. And you see Gator in the background hyping up, doing push-ups. He's, he's like, speaking 5,000 miles per hour. He's like, I take it all these notes. Like, these are, you know, these are manic symptoms. So, you know, before, you know... To the naked eye, it's just like Gator has always been like this since they met him, so they just don't know. And you know, Mike is like Gator, like you need to calm down. And with that, I think it kind of snapped something back in Gator. And Gator's like, "Oh shit! Like I'm sorry. All right, like I'm just gonna go get some water or whatever." And then Mike, bitch ass, look at little Dicky and be like, "This is your fault." And I'm just like, here you go again with, like, the traits that make me fucking dislike some of your character. And that's good because characters can't have just traits that everyone just like. Because then it's not realistic, but, uh. So then, um, it goes back to another flashback. Um, I think this time was in 2017 where, you know... Him and his mom, you know, they're out, they're, uh, um, they're out, they're shopping. And, you know, they just, Gator just got done buying, like, shoes. And it's like, okay, you know, what about this and stuff? So, the same man from the scene where he ran up on Gator and, uh, Mike at the store from, uh, Dave's first, or not Dave's first, from, um, Hypospadius is also the, uh, yeah, in Hypospadius, is also the uh, same guy who was in the flashback and was basically like, give me my money, give me my money, like, one, like you know, once again, like, uh, the money thing. And though he doesn't, like, understand what the money, we don't know exactly what the money thing is about yet, um, you know, he's like, uh-uh, all right, come on, I'll take this back. And he, he took it back and then, like, um... You know, they, the cashier's like, you know, we need, like, a reason for it. He's like, because he a bitch-ass nigga, just like that. And you can see, like, the hurt, like, that saw Gator's face. Uh, and he was like, I'm going to remember that. Like, that's literally what he's like, I'm going to remember that. And then after that happened, because that's a very traumatic, embarrassing experience, 
you know, he just, he snaps, like, he goes off, he becomes manic, like, you know, all of this, you like, all of this and stuff, and he's like, no, fuck that, like, this, 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 and then, you know, uh, the, his mom is, like, calm, like, his mom's trying to get him to calm down, and, you know, she's trying to do, like, that motherly thing, like, calm down, you're acting a little crazy right now, crazy, and that's when he really snapped, like, are you my mom calling me crazy, like, on, you know, he takes the third $13 laptop out his book bag, smashes it. He takes the jacket his mom bought him off, and it sca it does scare her. It shakes her because he's off the rails. The cashier calls security. They take him. They escort him out. And the very next scene, um, we uh, we see um, we see Gator tied up in a uh in a psych ward and with him being tied up in a psych ward um you know he's he's restrained his arms and legs are restrained and you know while the doctor the doctor's like you know I, i'm gonna get him like some mood stabilizer he didn't say mood stabilizer he said medicine but they were mood stabilizers clearly his mom is in there and he tells the doctor like you know can i get some commissary like i haven't had anything to eat all day can i have a burrito and the doctor's like, yeah, sure, we'll get you that burrito. And so, uh, when the doctor left, uh, you know, Gator's like, you know, they looking at, you know, what they talking about, you letting them talk to me all crazy, you know, like, you got people up here thinking I'm crazy. And shit, and like, he's just spilling his soul out to his mom and he's crying and like, it really hits home. This scene really hit home for me because I deal with depression. Like, and I know bipolar is, you know, different from depression and stuff. But, like, you know, some of this stuff, um, I don't want, I'm not going to tell you which things, but it was very relatable. Especially as a black man. Um, especially as, like, a non-passable, dark-skinned black man. Um, you know, he just, he starts crying and stuff. And, you know, that's when we really know the true extent to why Gator does the thing he, he does. Then it goes back to present day after that scene. And he's in the drugstore talking to little Dicky. Little Dicky's like, get your head in the game. He's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just off. He didn't tell him exactly where he was at. But he did tell him, like, you know, I'll be there, whatever. He then talks to the pharmacist technician and was like, hey, like, you know, my doctor told me um, I need this he like he can't he can't even say it like he wrote right down like and that needs to be like up and he uh, it needs to be up, up if it gets ramped up because see they also asked like have you ever had these before and he gave the reasoning um so then you know he ends up he ends up getting it but the next day we see an obvious switch in his mood he's tired he's lethargic he's all of that other shit and you know he's getting like you know yeah, it's like he he uh he's kind of couch lock. So then you got Mike Bichas reinforcing today that you know this is why X Y Z X Y Z. So while he's on the couch and Mike is doing that, it flashes back to six months earlier where he's at the game store. Uh, he's at game. I wrote Game Force. He works at Game Force, but I think he's like in the technology side of it because I think he was like fixing like. Some sites or whatever. 
uh, some technology and stuff, which goes back to his ability to fix like technology and stuff, even though, you know, um, it did say he worked at Best Buy, but I'm going to say Game Force was that. So, um, He's working at Game Force, but the person recognizes him, and we also get to see his name. For those of you guys who just let that slip by, his name is Devont Devonte. Uh, his mom probably said it, but you know, he he's not Gata in these moments. He is Devonte when he was breaking out. Like that's Devonte, um, and uh, they recognize him as like Bino. It's like, oh, I'm Bino. I used to basically be a plug for you know X Y Z. And he was telling him, like, Nutty said that, like, he went crazy and you see how that affects him. But, of course, Gator is like, no, I'm not going to let him know that's true. He's like, no, I've just been chilling. I've just been chilling. He's like, no, but you should, like, because he tells him. He's like, yeah, you know, Nutty, um, he's, like, with, you know, YG now. Like, he's YG's manager. They, like, linking up. Like, they're about to, like, you know, be in the studio blasting. He was like, word? He was like, all right, tag me in. Like, link me up. And you can tell, like, Pino was very uncomfortable giving him that because I think he really, which he did, but I think he kind of believed that, you know, he really did go crazy, which he did. And it's not crazy. It's not crazy, first of all. Actually, let me, let me clear this up. It is very accurate that, you know, when he's like, I did not go crazy. He is telling the truth. He had a psychotic, like a breakdown based off a chemical imbalance in his head. That does not make him crazy. And, you know, I've encountered that a lot as well with my like depression and stuff. It's like, and you know, and stuff like that. It's like, that does not make me crazy. Like I, I have a, and I have pretty severe depression. And it's like, I have a, a chemical imbalance in my head. And, uh, you know, he hesitantly gives him his number and he sees, he's able to see how, like, that, he's able to see how, like, it, it, it affects his reputation. Having to, he's able to see how having a mental illness affects his reputation. And that is so true. So, so true. So, you know, this is the, the, now this is the time, one of the only times where Dave and get not one of the only times, but the only time where Dave and Gator bump heads. And I do feel like part of that is Mike getting into Dave's head. And he's tired, and, and, and you know, he's still, Gator's out of it like they're trying to perform, and Gator's just drowsy, he's not hype and stuff. And as Lil Dicky is like, get your head, like, basically ripping into him, all of these, like, flashbacks are coming to him in his head, and he's like, I'm fucking bipolar, and he's able to say it. He's able to say it. And, um, you know, everyone is quiet. And, uh, it goes back to, you know, Mike. And Mike is like, you know, have you, and Mike, I respect Mike from this point because, listen, he was like, have you been diagnosed or anything? 
and Gator was like the whole nine. And that is a very important part because I hate y'all, not y'all, but I hate people who go around like I'm bipolar, I'm this, I'm that. Oh, like, ha ha ha, I act like this, I gotta be bipolar. No, like these are actual serious mental illness issues. And, you know, Gator explains to him like, yeah, like I I have, like, I, I, I have been, you know, checked out and stuff like that and XYZ and stuff like that. And he takes, like, all these pills a night. And he explains to them, like, what ended up happening was, and I, I for those of us who had mental illness, like, we already know what happened. He was like, I think I over, no, I, I, I just bumped up my prescription. And when that happened... I'm just, it may, it drained me, and I think that messed me up until my body gets used to, you know, these prescriptions that I have. And, you know, Els is, you know, he, he's open listening to him, but, he you know, he's doing that like, it's true to his character. He's in the background, and, you know, you can see he has, like, some empathy for him. And you can see Mike starts to soften up soften up around him and then Gator just breaks down into this whole thing of like I never want you to think like I love you guys like I never want you to think like I'm just here like trying to like fuck shit up it's like you know it's like little dicky like I appreciate you that's where you start bringing up like I appreciate you because you rap about like your little dick and like whatever's happening and you know it's like mike you like wash his back without like any problems and stuff and like else because he does not know else deep secret he's like you know you walk around cool and shit and still know like all the lingo which is like you like a you like a, a, a oreo basically but you still know like all the lingo and stuff and he's like i'm bipolar he's like i feel at home with you I feel at home with you guys, and that is a really you guys for those of you for those of you who have never like known someone or like going through mental illness. That is the best thing that a person with that you know of course it's release a relief from the illness and the symptoms, but enduring it that's the best thing a person. That was like one of the biggest compliments he gave everyone in the room and you know he explained it you know plainly and and, and he didn't explain it in the way that it was used as a weapon but explaining like you know sometimes i'm lazy like sometimes i'm crazy and then sometimes i'm lazy uh, about you know the ups and downs of it um and you know it is not ends but you know dave gives him a hug and, you know, he might jokes like, you know, joking and we see like that get rectified. And it was a really sweet moment between male friends. It was a really, really sweet moment between male friends. And the last scene was an absolute masterpiece because it shows Gata six months earlier, along with working at like, um, you know, Game Force. Um, he comes in. And he, uh, he sits down and this is where he, like, this is where he meets, this is where he meets Dave at. 
And he's like, yo, like, you that nigga that be rapping about small dick. And stuff. And I think that was very powerful. That whole episode was powerful. And to even put the icing on the cake, the ending, I think the ending of it was my my dick sucks again. But, man, that episode was powerful. And I'm so happy they chose. I'm so happy they chose Gator to be the one that's going through this because a lot of the times we judge people based on like their look and then it's like, oh, these actions are expected of them, but it's another thing that's wrong with them. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think there would have been a, any other character that could pull off this role other than Gator. Cause that was a, that was, that was amazing, man. Like, I'm, I'm gonna give you your props on that. Like, even if you don't hear it, like wherever you are, if you do come across it, whoever like hears this, like that was amazing. Like, oh my god, and that solidified Gata. It was already the best character to me so far, but that solidified him as the best character. Oh my god, like I could have did a whole video about this. Like, just, uh, it was amazing. And then, another one of the best parts was Allie wasn't fucking there. Like, Allie was in one scene and it was like, bye. I'm sorry, she was in two scenes. Because, no, no, she was in one scene. And it was like, okay, goodbye. But yeah, kudos to you, Gata. Like, the actual actor, Gata. Like, kudos to you. And kudos to the character, Gata, as well. So... We finally made it through all five episodes, the, like the review and the synopsis and everything. So now I'm at the end where I'm going to give the best traits of the show. For all you guys who are still listening, thank you for still listening like two hours and 30 minutes in. And like I said, this will never happen again. Like this will never, ever happen again because I'm going to be able to actually sit down, watch an episode of the show. Bam. Like, at most, some analysis will probably be anywhere between, like, 15 minutes. And if it's a really spicy episode, probably is going to be around, like, the last two episodes or three before the season finale. Because that's where it starts to, like, you know, get spicy. So, that, those will probably be the more lengthy ones. But it won't even be touching two hours and 30 minutes. Now... Getting back to the review, because we're almost at the end, and I'm just going to give the best traits that I thought that the show does well. I think the show does a, an extremely good job as a comedy while staying true like to who the world knows uh, uh, as Little Dicky. So, like, they're not... Or, or the character's brand of comedy. Uh, for most of the characters, and I guess I'll combine those two. And for most of the characters, the comedy feel natural. It feels natural, and I'm not even gonna get into that because we all know uh, there are some shows where the comedy just falls hyper flat, and like it falls hyper flat without it mean like without that being the intention of it. So that's a very good job. Um, the main character, and for the genre of this show as well. 
is not unbearable, unlikable, and most importantly, outshine. Like, there are so many shows, like, and I'm, I'm going to give one of my other favorite shows. I love Superstore. There are so many shows for the main character. It's like unbearable, unlikable, and outshine to where, okay, these characters who start off as side characters or who start off as just the supporting cast around the main character, like become main characters or, be, or become like very, 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 very like, you know, big supporting roles or even main characters themselves. And because for all um, for my Superstore fans, if you know Superstore, Jonah was the it, like Jonah was supposed to be the absolute main character of Superstore, and it was supposed to follow Jonah. Um, and and I'm not I'm not trying to spoil it, but shit, it's been out for like some years now, the first season. So if you didn't catch up, that's on you. But I still would recommend you watch Superstore. But Superstore is supposed to sur surround. Um, Jonah, after he drops out of business school and, uh, or not drops, but he fl flunks. Is that it? Does he flunk out? Does he drop out? I think he drops out, but, um, he, when he, when he's dropped, when he drops out of business school and he, now he has to go work at like a retail job and, you know, just to make ends meet and, you know, all this other stuff takes, you know, place as well. And then it's supposed to be his interactions with the characters on there. <sighs> While Jonah is, like, one of my, like, one of my favorite male characters, like, not of all time, but when it comes to, like, that genre... Jonah can be very unbearable, extremely unbearable to the point where it negatively affects viewers and the watch rate. And as you see, what did they do? All right, Jonah, bye. Like there are some like, you know, episodes that will like maybe surround around you. Uh, if like Amy is attached to you. But other than that, you see, first of all, Sandra. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sandra. Absolutely. Carol. Yes. Like uh, Nico Santos, um, who plays, uh, Mateo, boy, exactly, and, and many more characters that outshines Jonah, they outshine him, and it becomes infuriating because now you change, like, it's changed from this storyline following this to something else because where we at now, it's like, we don't, I mean, yes, something does happen, you know, Jonah... He does try to enroll back into college. However, it's too late and they're like, oh, it it's past. Like, you can't enroll anymore. And I'm like, okay, like, I get that. But at the same time, like, there are other ways that he could have got back in there. But that's another, that's a whole nother, like, podcast. Um, but, yeah. So, like, Dave is a very, very very he's not hyper unbearable he has unbearable moments he's not hyper unlikable but as any like main character he has like unlikable moments which makes him more um realistic and he's not outshined uh by most like he's not outshined like even the people who are like 
have more charisma than him or like, you know, people's eyes focus more. Dave is still in that scene, whether it's like a 50-50 scene split, a 60-40 split, a scene split or a 70-30. He is still very in that scene and he's not necessarily outshine. I think it's allowing to see the connection between him and there. And for you super sore fans, don't don't play that shit because no. Jonah No, 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 no. Jonah, he has funny moments and stuff when it's bouncing off of other characters because they can be funny by himself. Um, no. Bitch, Jonah and Dave are not the same in that aspect, and I'm going to leave it at that. The, the last thing that they do a really good job with is the vulnerabilities of the main characters, and they can show it without being so obvious because a lot of the times, like... It's this, if it's too obvious, it becomes like a Tyler Perry melodrama. And it's like, uh, if I wanted to see melodrama, I would just see all of Tyler Perry's filmography. Damn. Like, and it does, it just does a really good job with that. And the last thing is what I would like to see improved for the future. So what I would like to see improved for the future are some things I like to see in the future because it's not just improved. Um, I definitely think that some of the characters, they're going to either be expounded on or they can just fucking leave. And these characters in particular that I'm speaking about are... Emma, Mike, and Allie, and like I said, Emma is an amazing character. You know, we're learning a lot about her so far, um, just from even the minimal things that she does. And I think that itself is powerful, that she can be a minimalist when it comes to her lines and her acting and how she expresses things and be powerful at the same time when she needs to be. Mike, Mike plays... Mike plays a crucial role, and if they're doing what I think they're going to do, I think Mike's death is going to expand so big, like so huge. And I, I think with Mike, it's just a—I think with Mike, it's just a waiting game because unlike Emma, I think Emma is going to stay like because Emma is Ali's connect, it's Ali's character. So I think. Like, Emma could stay, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, more of, like, a minor character coming up like a bad bitch, like bad bitch Jane Lane. Like, it'll be more so that type of character, right? But I don't think that she's necessarily going to be, like, you know, this big, big, big main character. Like, yeah, she, being in scenes, like, being in a lot of scenes doesn't make you, like, necessarily a main character because she doesn't really have lines and... Mm, we really don't know that much about her. Um, and then Allie... <sighs> Allie is just so... She's just been so fucking bad, like, so far. She's just been terrible so far. Like, oh my god, she's just been bad. And either they're going to have to improve her or they can just cut her. Because as of right now, she's giving me very... Um, She's giving me very, she's giving me a combination of very, very untrained actress and just having to, on top of being untrained, having to play a character that's not necessarily fascinating if you don't have the right person. And I think that's what that is. And now, like I've said before, I personally think she is 
real written in, in concept for little for being the mate of little Dicky and who little Dicky would go for. But mm, nah, and then also too, like like I said, just through these episodes, it's just been seeming like like Dave and Allie's relationship has just been deteriorating. And even through like some of the good times and you know, she supported him and stuff. Because let's be like once again, let's be transparent. Like we know a lot of these relationships when they start like the degradation when they start like degrade degrade the degradation there it is or they start like becoming degraded um there are still a lot of good times it's not like an automatic for most of the time oh okay this like this is it like we're just this is going this is like a a, a slide like you're going down the slide on the slope no it takes time but I mean, like, you could just, when you look at it, you can look at it like, okay, listen, like, Dave is not the best boyfriend to Allie. Like, I definitely feel like Allie does put a lot more into the relationship um, than Dave when it comes to, you know, um, just understand like understanding and stuff and like yes there's going to be usually one partner who is more understanding than the other but like there's intensities and tears to it and like <sighs> ali is like in outer space and caring while dave is just like not even getting out his chair um so i mean except for that one time where he's like i'll eat your ass but that it had to take a whole episode for like Dave to break down and just not even break down, but even to consider it. So I'm not even going that I'm not giving that to him. Fuck y'all. If y'all have an issue with it, because Allie to me is, you know, it's my opinion. You know, nah, Allie, uh, I need to see him. I need to see more. And I've been looking at like upcoming episodes as well. And there's an episode that's upcoming, I think, in either two to three more episodes called Ali's Toast and I really hope that that gives more dimension to her as a character and I really hope these episodes before that give her more dimension as a character because she she about to be like going from 2D to 1D like she's not a three she's not a three-dimensional character and she's hanging by a thread being a very two-dimensional character too she about to fall into that one-dimensional character so mm, no um also, like, the season premiere needs to be longer. Um, if they're going to try to, like, put all that stuff in, in into the season premiere, it just needs to be longer. Because, like I said, like, I get that. You know what I'm saying? I get, like, they want it to put as much as possible so they can get the show going. But either the watchers are going to have to get, get over that to get a more good, uh, a better show or I don't know because, yes, an issue is sometimes shows take too long to get to it. But this kind of shows what happens when the series, the series premiere, not the season, the series premiere is only like 30 minutes. Because, listen, this is only 30 minutes because, listen, how they did it was the series premiere, they released two episodes where... Um, it was, yeah, the, the, the Dave's going and, um, you know, that, so no, um, 
And then the last thing is like, I feel like for later seasons, it is okay to like, the, I think the pacing is good. Don't get me wrong. I think the pacing is good, but it is okay for those moments or, you know, those things that happen in like an episode before for it to be paced a little bit, like, you know, more slowly, like it is okay. Like, you know, not everything has to be such rapid fire like this because sometimes if you're not like, you know, necessarily like critical, like when it comes to like analyzing stuff and, and things like that, you miss a lot of it, not because you weren't paying attention, but because it's overload, it's sensory overload from it. And like though the first episode only had like one main plot point of the YG and stuff, like you got to taking into consideration in a series premiere is setting the stage up for the rest of the series is introducing characters is introducing problems etc etc so i think that is something to jot down just for future seasons not this season necessarily unless you know it starts to become a big big issue because this that does not make or break anything for me right now in, in terms of pacing but just when you just pace it, just you can pace it more slowly in the later seasons with things that need to take time to be absorbed. <sighs> so, um, yeah, this has been my episode one through five review on Dave. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Remember to watch it on five, uh, on FXX um, Wednesdays at 10 p.m. because when it initially started, um, they were broadcasting it for it was going to take a thursday slot but they changed it to wednesday at 10 p.m also like i said before this will be the only video that i'll be combining the episodes because this took a lot out of me honestly it really did and i know it took a lot out of my listeners because we're about to hit the two hour 45 minute mark so you know I'll be doing it episode by episode, and I think it would be a lot easier to digest in one sitting without having to pause, get up, pee, eat lunch, go, you know, you know, do the things that you're able to do now. So, you know, like, yeah. Um, also, you know, my I will tell you that my next podcast, um, since it's really close to Dave, Dave could come right before this, but it's going to be most likely immediately after or immediately before I drop the Dave one. Um, my next podcast, I'm going to start my fraternity podcast, which I'm going to go through, you know, my experiences. And, you know, for this particular podcast, not only is it going to serve as a journal from my experiences, but it, I just want to also let you guys know if you've either understand the fraternity process thinking about it um want to know some more information about it maybe for some other people i'm gonna give all that while providing stories you know that go with the concepts and also um it also is going to function as um a way for me to actually kind of figure out if it was worth it in the end because that's been something that's been very heavy on my mind since i graduated like, damn, did I really waste this time? Was it worth it? How did I feel? Like, so I'm going to be putting in a lot of examples from my... And I'm going to tell you guys, like, my 
experience i know everybody would be like it's a trip no like i really felt like i was in a cartoon like being in the fraternity i was in like i really really did or a reality tv show better yet and yes i know like a lot of fraternities feel that way but like who man the ghetto so um yeah when i return um you know that's gonna be it once again thank you so much um, I love you guys for all of you guys who've been supporting me, spread the word, and, you know, once again, meditate and elevate. Love you really much. Stay safe. See ya.